fantastic beginning. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 149, Top 5 Movies from 1982. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. I'm John. And I'm Shannon. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I forgot to buy a list for 1982. It's, it's the Italian uh, t- torpedo. <laughs> hey, everybody. He's made a comeback. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if he'll actually speak, but we do have the real Shannon joining us. <laughs> That's just his Twitter handle. I'm, I'm going to have to do that. I got to do the Italian accent all the time. Only if, only if the mood strikes. Oh my God! My favorite movie is Rocky Three. Italian style. So anything with John Travolta. <laughs> so the whole time I'm saying that. The whole time I'm saying that. Oh my God. So I was saying that I had my like two fingers and my thumb like touching and my hand like gesturing. You know what I mean? Like my pointer finger, my middle finger, like touching my thumb. I'm afraid I'm like, of. Hey, I'm afraid of where your finger. Yeah, I'm afraid of where your finger. Google. <laughs> I know. I couldn't. I just automatically did it. It's just I don't know. I'm not even Italian. That's crazy. Right. We do speak with words. our fingers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid of where your. Usually when we're driving, we speak with our fingers. <laughs> I'm afraid of where your fingers and thumbs were, Robert. <laughs> All right, there's no easy way to describe that. Uh, not to you guys. Only you could draw it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much, so much, much like the animated episode that I think was Shannon, Robert, and myself. Now we've added John to the mix. This episode, <laughs> this episode could go down in history. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it probably will. So to open it. Uh, I actually have a story to share with you guys because remember when we said Chuck had the Schwitz and Robert had the guy at the gym <laughs> that eventually. Well, I, I don't. I'd rather you word it some other way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, like, you only have like a tub of Vaseline. And Ro- Robert had the encounter. <laughs> the, the, Robert I'd had the. You say it differently than Robert had a guy at the gym. <laughs> Robert had an encounter with a gentleman with Vaseline at the gym. <laughs> So Shannon has a hot tub situation. Right. That's true. So and we, a lack meat situation. Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so we said eventually it was probably gonna happen to me at some point that I was gonna have something that just felt very awkward, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've started going back to the gym to work out and get back in shape and everything else. And unfortunately, my gym does uh, not have the rules that Robert's gym does about not walking around naked. <laughs> so I <laughs> so I go there the one day, 
naked. No. <laughs> no. What? I was clothed. I know what my body looks like naked. No one needs to see that. <laughs> and we thank you for being clothed. Yeah, yes. Exactly. I we might didn't say right now. Right. I didn't say oh. now. <laughs> Wait, what? Pants? What are those? Um, <laughs> so I, I go to the one locker I always go to, open it up, and in my peripheral vision is a very, very large man, like a guy that probably ate me, Robert, and Chuck all together size, <laughs> um, sitting in his underwear on a bench with no shame whatsoever at this. <laughs> Right. And if you're a bigger guy, I apologize. I don't mean to insult you, but you, you know you should be wearing clothes. <laughs> I know I should be wearing clothes. So um, so I went to avert my eyes from him and got right in the path of an old man naked walking towards the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so you turned your head to avoid the obese fellow right. his underdraws. Right. This is, this is this is like the human equivalent of like turning and there's like one of those rakes that pops up and gets you in the face. Right. And there's another rake that pops up and gets you in the face. Right. <laughs> so, oh, man. so I'm wondering, what is the age where you just don't give a shit anymore? <laughs> no, there is, def- there is definitely an age where you're like, screw it, I'm walking around with that. In the gym locker room. Like, it, it's around early 60s. I think, maybe late 60s. Yeah. You just no, I was, was going to say my mid-40s, which is what I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. What'd you say there, Robert? I just said unless you're shaking them. Yeah. I think it'll be Heroes Con 2015. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the new, uh, what's that, Tarzan guy? Yes. Yes. So I thought it was only fitting since uh, Chuck and Robert's story got to be shared that I had to share mine. <laughs> so, oh, it's a, man, that's a bad one. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I was just like, man, could you just wear a towel something, like, please? No, they don't care. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to be doing our top five favorite movies from uh, 1982. We do have a lot of listener feedback that I wanted to get into because a lot of people have sent stuff in. Uh, a lot of people did send in their top fives from 1980 and 81 and 82, so we'll cover that at the end of us doing our top fives from 82, but there was just some general emails that were sent in as well that I thought I could read here for us and we can respond to, so so we get into some listener feedback here. Um, so we got an uh, email from Aaron Macon, uh, and he titled his email episode 140 he said hey guys i really enjoy the show and always mean to send an email but it always slips my mind i took notes this episode uh the video disc player was an interesting piece of technology it was an analog format that was very much the quality of a vhs because i used to love going into the store and looking through all those discs uh there were just so many movies and even though we didn't own one I would spend uh, quite a bit of time looking through them. About four years ago, I was in a mom and pop furniture store, and they had one that was brand new and still in the box. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I would have bought it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, Popeye, great pick. I, too, bought the soundtrack for the, uh, his film after I saw it. I still have it on the vinyl. The songs may have been a bit goofy, but they were so fun and told the story of the film. The film might not be in my top five, but definitely in my top ten for the year. Shelley Duvall was the perfect olive oil. Flash. I saw this film when uh, my family went to the theater, and they 
all wanted to see nine to five. I went and saw Flash <laughs> by myself. <laughs> oh, tough call there. I don't know about that. <laughs> he said, I've always been a big fan of the character. I'll actually be covering my history with the character on my podcast. Uh, I also got the soundtrack very shortly after I saw the film. I also still have it on vinyl. I love the song Football Fight. The sound of that metal football hitting flash in the head still gets me when I listen to it. <laughs> uh, he said a few words about My Bodyguard. It was a coming-of-age film that had some humor and had heart. If you haven't seen it, find a copy. It's worth a watch. Uh, he said, great show as always, guys. Thanks for keeping me company during my runs. You keep on making the shows, and I'll keep on listening. Take care, Aaron. Um, he also, I had asked him in uh, response to his email, I asked him to please tell us the podcast that he does, because uh, we always like to share other podcasts that you know our listeners are doing. Uh, so he says he hosts the Sci-Fi Dig podcast and the Let It Fly podcast. Uh, you can find the Sci-Fi Dig at just scifidig.com. So it's uh, S-C-I-F-I-D-I-G. Um, and then the, the Let It Fly podcast is on the Deliberate Noise pod, uh, network. So, All right. Then we got an email responding to Robert's uh, laughing at me for Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so this one comes from Adam, who I've actually had a lot of good conversations with through, through email. Not about Jim, but just in general. <laughs> uh, he says, I love Robert, but he's so far off base on this one. That that Ryan Sandberg could tag him out if if I were throwing it from home plate. <laughs> he said, Jem is legit. She and Jerrica are right up there with Shira and Adora. Think about it. Rio is Beau. Synergy is Bright Hope. Kimber and uh, Aja are Glimmer and Frosta. Her pink and yellow roadster is Swiftwind. And Molly Ringwald is Madame Raz. <laughs> he says, plus those tracks are catchy. We are the Misfits. Our songs are better. He goes. I think may. Uh, he goes. I think mayhaps Robert protests too much, and this and his disdain for Jem is a mere hologram, masking. He he, he actually spelled out masking like the the property. Yeah. Uh, his <laughs> true yeah his true feelings. <laughs> it's not that much different than the episode of GI Joe where Scarlet, Lady J, and CoverGirl go undercover as singers or models. Or some oh. uh, <laughs> some biz, and then you had Colt Slither. <laughs> well, that's you can change it a little bit. Well, okay. Is so, that it? well, he says uh, sides. What would Elaine say for shame? <laughs> and that was from Adam. All right. Okay. First off, I'm not actually bashing Jim. I wasn't really bashing in, me. Not much. I mean, I knew it was there, and I watched a few episodes when I was a kid, and I didn't have anything against it. That means he's smashing his jewels. This wasn't like saving my house. <laughs> but, but he's smashing but his I, gems, yeah. It was more. Okay, it was more like all the grief that he gave. I was the pony. You're breaking up there. And then you're going to go out and buy like a hardcover, yeah. like box set collector's edition of the gem book. You know what I mean? Like to me, it was just like what? Like, that was more what kind of. And how excited you were about it. You know, that kind of broke me a bit more than say Jim the property. I didn't know I sounded so. that I didn't know I sounded that excited about it. I said I bought the box set because I had variant covers that I liked and you lost your mind. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just, I, <laughs> I liked the idea that I liked the idea they did for the variant covers and the only way you could get them was if you did the box set. So that that's what I got. <laughs> Okay. All right. 
<laughs> and again, <laughs> and again, a girl, a girl band is way different than Pink Ponies. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the demographic sure. was exactly the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the demographic was exactly the same at the time. You know, maybe the gem was a little skewed, a little older, but it was definitely like sure. You know, and and I would see actually comparing Gem and Shira much more the same. Mm-hmm. And if I was going to take the two, yeah. I think I enjoyed Shira better. Yeah, I'll give you that. But um, so, anyway, I don't know. I think it was just a combination of the night, the given night. Yeah, I think the, you weren't prepared. Are you, are you blaming <laughs> it on the night? <laughs> blame it on the night, yeah. <laughs> I blame everything on the night. <laughs> All right. See, Robert, if you weren't standing outside my window, maybe that wouldn't be the problem. Ooh. <laughs> Although I have to say, I texted I texted Ryan after I listened to that episode, and I said, "Congratulations! I've never heard Robert break like that ever." I it was, wasn't it was expecting it. It was just like hilarious. A, yeah, it was just like a very impulsive. I just I wasn't expecting it either. I mean, I was just kind of like, "Wait, what?" I mean, yeah, it just took me off guard. I got I got quite a few text messages about Robert laughing so hard. Oh, it was <laughs> funny. It was it was it was it was uh, yes, it was it was quite funny. So we, we got another email from uh, uh, Aaron who said, Ryan, Gem is awesome. I am awaiting the comic and the movie. Love the show. That is all, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then we got an email from Ben, and he said, Hey, guys, I just wanted to drop a note and say how much I enjoy the Star Joe's podcast. Being born in 1978 and G.I. Joe super fan, listening to you guys talk about the 1980s properties brings back a lot of happy memories. You guys asked for favorite 80s things, so I thought I'd just give uh, you my favorite Joes. He said his first Joe was Flash. Again, that yeah. was for a lot of people. He said Duke or Flint. He goes Flint. Yeah. Uh, favorite series year, 1985. He says, though I am very sentimental about 1987, since I had a lot of those figures, I remember going to Rose's department store after church and having my parents buy me Outback and Crazy Legs. Uh, his favorite vehicle is the Tomahawk, and he just put, I love that thing. <laughs> he goes, uh, I read the Marvel comics growing up, continued with uh, Image and Devil's Due, and continue to read IDW's current offerings. The Karen Travis stuff is a slow burn, but a good counter to the stuff that Larry Hama and, and Shannon is doing. So he actually got brought up in our email, Shannon. Yay. I like, I like how you added my name, even though you didn't send the letter. It's, uh, I'm sort of like, by Larry Hammer and Shannon. <laughs> he put NSL Gallant, so I was I was just saying Shannon. So I did change what he wrote. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I called you by your name. <laughs> you were quick tonight, Ryan. I tell you, I'm impressed. He said, uh, I just got the America's Army issue with Robert's work. Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing more. Uh, anyways, uh, keep up the good work. Really loving all the episodes. If you all come to Baltimore this year, the first round's on me. Thanks, Ben. So those are dangerous words, Ben. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, that's that's cool. He likes it. He's into the tomahawk. That was one I never had as a kid. Um, and I'm actually right now drawing the tiger hawk, you know, like the tiger force yeah. version of it. Um, did you guys get any of the tiger force stuff? I was out by then. Um, I did, I was out by then too. When did that come out? Eighty eight. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, eighty seven was my last year getting anything. So, uh, got another message from our uh, buddy Lee Aaron. 
And she says, just finished listening to episode 141 with a sing-along with Jem. Uh, just proves I did watch that show a bit too much because I knew all the words. I can't believe that in the Jem movie there has been uh, no mention of synergy. She was the one. She was one of the cooler things about the cartoon and saved their butts on many occasions. That was from, that was from Lee Aaron. Also got a message from Andy uh, Babcock. He said, hello, I am Andy. I found you guys through the Pop Culture Leftovers, and I love your podcast. Your five-year wrap-up was very worth the effort, and I thank you for doing it. I have a question. In Star Wars lore, fear and hate lead to the dark side. Have you seen any evidence at all that you can return from the dark side to the light side? Or can you be raised as Sith Padawan? And then turn to the light, or is uh, or is true that, or is it true that you? I need a flow chart. <laughs> <laughs> or is it true that once you go black, you can't come back? He goes, thanks again, um, your new loyal fan, Andy Babcock. Well, I think Shannon needs to take you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell us about going black, uh, Shannon? Black, black me. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing you didn't take her up on the offer, because uh, there wouldn't be any going back. I wasn't sure if it was her. <laughs> Either way. So, um, so if you follow the expanded universe that doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> Luke actually did go to the dark side uh, yeah, with Dark Empire and, and everything, <laughs> but he he comes back from it. And there's, there's there's a number of characters too that kind of flirt with kind of that balance. Yep. Of the two, and sometimes lean more towards the dark side and come and come back. And, yep. Um, there was uh, Darth Revan. He, yeah, we're reading about him now in that yeah, novel. Yep. He went to the dark side, and then he he saw he came back from that. So a so, big part of his too was because of a girl. Yep. A lot of times, whenever they they build bonds of you know like just relationships, they are more likely to to go to the dark side. But I think yeah. um, I think it, it's because. It leads them to that balance that we were talking about in the first couple novels. Yeah. And um, which was, I think, the way it was supposed to be. Right. So, uh, but I think they just weren't able to handle that um, kind of in the more in new era or new hope era. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So yeah. Even before that, or old Republic stuff. Yeah. I no, I I agree. Yeah, and there and like I said, there's been a lot of instances where that has happened where. Someone started on the dark side, went to the light, or started on the light, went to dark, and came back. So um, nothing in the movies that we've seen, obviously, as of yet, and nothing like even in the animated series or any, uh, anything well, along now, those lines. So. Who's, who was a Sith? Started, like, trained, apprenticed as a Sith, and then became a Jedi, though? Uh, I would have to do some homework on that, but I'm sh- I know there's been some examples of that. Um, yeah, I, I would, yeah, at. I'll have that for, uh, next episode when we actually do the Darth Revan book, I'll have that information for you. So, so we had a couple other ones, bef- uh, before we get into our lists, uh, a couple other responses that are not related to them providing us our, their top five. One is, uh, from Adam. He uh, sent another email that said, I would love, love, love to hear play out on the show someday. You, Robert and Chuck hold a GI Joe draft. You draw straws to see who picks first, similar to how it uh, works if you've ever done a fantasy <laughs> draft in NBA Live or Madden. So essentially, it'd be Flint, Snake Eyes, and Duke captaining the three teams. So I'm thinking what he's assuming is that Chuck would take uh, Duke, I would take Flint, and you would take Snake Eyes. Um, and those would be our captains. He says, you, you each pick eight to ten Joes from the pool of available characters from 1982 to 1994. 
and then you post your rosters on Facebook page and let the fans vote to see which squad would win, quote-unquote win, in a various Inner Joe Activities event. So, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds like it could be fun. We'd have to figure out like what it would be and everything. So The event um, would, would also, if it's just like overall combat team, right. you know, that would be one thing. It depends on if the event is... You know, challenge of the network stars. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, um, if it's just a single event, you know, whose team stacks up? Is it just like a battle against Cobra yeah. in a typical, you know, in the United States or something like that? Right. Or is it, you know, three events? One takes place in the Arctic, one in the underwater. <laughs> right. You know, kind of thing. Are they after a mass device? Right. <laughs> no, they're after a conch. They got to break out after the hockey game. <laughs> they're taking on the viper. The viper. <laughs> you bitch. I thought you were doing this whole show in Italian. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the viper. Hey, I'm the viper. <laughs> What's the matter, you? Hey, why are you looking so sad? <laughs> wow. Alright, so yeah, I think that's a cool idea. I think what we should have to we'll figure that out. We'll figure out the details before we draft so this way we all know what we're facing. And yeah. then and then we'll put that together. So that could that could be fun. Um and then the last one that I wanted to read here, uh this was I made a mistake in an earlier episode about the forum member Swordfish. I said that he was someone that came over from the Pop Culture Leftover group. And that's not the case at all. He actually corrected me on the forums. Uh, and I actually felt bad about it, but there was a lot of people that were coming from Papa Culture Leftovers group and listening to us, and uh, I assumed he was one of them, but I was completely wrong. So I wanted to read what he actually posted on our forums when he introduced himself. So he said, uh, hey, Star Joes, I wanted to say congrats on five years of producing the best podcast on the net. He goes, at least from my ears. He says, I only started the journey in mid-September of 2014 but I have now listened to all but one episode of your full episode run. Wow. He said, for some reason, I cannot download episode 87 from iTunes nor Podbean. So I will try to get that episode to you because uh, I'm sure I have it. Um, he goes, I finished about three days before this, this month's anniversary episode, which was the quote unquote jumping on point. He goes, that's nice for some, but real fans know the only real jumping on point is episode number one. Uh, now that I have caught up, it is strange to no longer have any Star Joes in my current playlist. I will continue to look forward to new, to every new episode. Uh, I know I am late to this show, but one of my most surprisingly memorable moments was the interview with Megatron early on. Uh, also, if you are still wanting feedback on interesting file cards, I do not think anything tops Barbecue's bottom third describing what he can do with his mouth. <laughs> I will see you in the forums of Swordfish, and that was from Brian Lang. So I don't know what is said about Barbecue's mouth. Maybe Brian. No, I've got to look it up. <laughs> yeah, Robert, if you could find that, I'd are you sure, Robert? Are you sure? Am <laughs> I sure what? Are you sure you want? If you're going to read it, you got to read it in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. Or his torpedo. Uh, barbecue? <laughs> when he didn't he have it like that? No, he was. Did he have an Irish? Yeah. Yeah. Let's offend everybody. Come on, we haven't gotten to the movie list yet. We we're really going to do it then. Oh, I've got to, uh, speaking of offending people, I have a throwback to the last episode where I mentioned Under the Rainbow. 
Um, so I, I've rewatched the show or watched the movie since then, and I still love it. And uh, there was a lot of people that actually complimented on it, saying, "Hey, that was I remember that movie. That was a great uh, pick to have an honorable mention." But when I watched the movie again, uh, it's a lot more complicated than I remembered. But there is a uh, I mentioned the Japanese photographers that their bus gets stranded and they're forced to be in the mm-hmm. hotel. Also, the name of the photography group was the Japanese Amateur Photography Society. Take the letters of that. <laughs> Spells Japs. <laughs> you couldn't control what they did in the movie. Right? No, I could not, but I could control if, if what... If you pointed that to being the fa- your favorite part of the movie, then that's a whole other conversation. Well, I was going to say, I could control repeating it, though. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I actually uh, still love Under the Rainbow. It had a lot more elements to it than I remembered. Um, but it, oh man, it's still a fun movie. So um, I also rewatched Time Bandits since uh, we did that episode, and it is more messed up. And it's definitely more of a comedy than I remembered it being when I was a kid. Like there's a whole scene where John Cleese, that's like all these robbers like attach attack this stagecoach, and they they like take all the clothes off these people and put and tie them to a tree. And then the time bandits show up and they, they come in and they're meeting all these gritty, grisly people. And here's John Cleese coming out dressed as Robin hood in like the, the very corniest, corniest Robin hood way possible. Yeah. (laughs) And he looks like Daffy Duck's Robin Hood. Yes. And he's with all these grizzled people and he's like, this is my merry men. And stuff. It's it's a great movie though. I was like, it's so out there, but it's a it's a lot more of a comedy, like I said, than I thought it was or that I remembered it being. So, so that's all the uh, the listener feedback in regards to that wasn't right. tied into movies. So, did you find uh, barbecue's file card? Yeah. So here we go. File name: Gabriel A. Kelly. He's a fireman from Boston, Massachusetts. A wicked pisser. <laughs> <laughs> if Kelly hadn't joined the G.I. Joe team, he would have been the seventh Kelly in a direct line in the Boston Fire Department. His love for the job is not based on family, loyalty, or even a more general sense of beauty. He simply likes riding on the back of a truck with the wind in his face and sirens wailing, lights flashing, and the bells clanging. Being allowed to knock down doors and smash windows with his axe, it's just frosting on the cake. Now here's the best part. Barbecue is what you call your basic party animal. He can open bottles with his teeth, pick up quarters with his ears, and wrap his lips completely round the bottom of a quartz Coke bottle. (laughs) (laughs) You may well ask how all this affects his function as a Diego firefighter. It doesn't. It simply makes him a more interesting fellow to have around. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We've got to ask. I bet Larry Palmer wrote that. <laughs> oh, he can sure. wrap his lips completely around the bottom of a quart Coke bottle. <laughs> wow. Good good thing it's not barbecue or cutie or something, but <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Never knew I'd say and, and Robert, I'd say you sufficiently offended the uh Irish uh, <laughs> Irish Boston <laughs> folks that I know. Right. Uh so kudos to you for that. I can honestly say I'm never going to look at barbecue the same way ever again. <laughs> Everything he says is going to have a double meaning. 
I know the next commission I'm asking of Shannon. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 like, I like the variation is a red back Hasbro direct variant of a barbecue file card exists. <laughs> um, so before we get into our movies, one other thing I wanted to mention. From 1981, uh, Robert and I both had uh, Indiana Jones and Clash of the Titans on our list. But one thing I forgot to, to mention, um, and I don't know if any of you guys remember these or not, was the toy lines that came out for both back then. Um, I actually had some of the toys for the Clash of the Titans. I actually had Perseus and the and Pegasus the horse and uh, the Gorgon guy, mm-hmm. or not the Gorgon, but the 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 hell the main bad guy. I can't remember what his name was. Um, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, and I had one of his soldiers, uh, Perseus' soldiers, uh, as a toy. And I think they came out with the Kraken as a toy too. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. But that um, was impossible to find. I think it was like that was before my time. Yeah. Figures. So, um, and then Indiana Jones had a toy line, and the only figure I remember having was Indiana Jones himself, which he had like one of these flick arms where you you know pull it back and it would it spring forward. Uh, so that's the you you could either do where he'd pull his gun from his holster. Well, just hit the table. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you could either pull the gun from the holster, or you could uh, put his whip in his hand and whip it over his head. So. <laughs> The only figure I had from that line was the Cairo Swordsman. Oh, okay. They actually made that. Yeah, they did. I remember remember those being out and not buying them because they were so bad. They were. They were not. Somebody gave it to me as a gift. I wasn't a child. I was a child. Somebody bought it for me. I didn't pick it out, I don't think. Yeah. No, I'm just, you know, it's like the Clash of the Titan ones weren't that much better, but. Right. They at least had, like, better detailing or something. I remember the shield being really nice. Yeah, yeah. But like I I uh, I only had like I only had the Indiana Jones figure. I did like the Indiana Jones figure, but yeah, I didn't really like anything else that was in that series of, of toys. But yeah, the Clash of the Titans, I had I had a few of them, and they, they were pretty cool. All right, uh, John or, or or even Shannon, was there any movies before we get into eighty two? Was there any movies from nineteen eighty or eighty one that you guys remember fondly or wanted to mention before we jump right into eighty two? <laughs> I'd like to mention in 1980, I, in no particular order, I had Empire, Blues Brothers, Caddyshack, Flash Gordon, and Superman 2. Nice. Um, I think you covered them all really well, but yeah. those were definitely there. And then for 81, I had, in no particular order, Stripes, Raiders, History of the World Part 1, because everybody needs a piss boy. Cannonball <laughs> Run, which we're gonna you're going to see a Hal Needham theme in, in my... <laughs> love of 80s movies and then Condor Man which I know Shannon oh, has yeah. seen we're probably the only guys here that have seen it that movie is so friggin cool <laughs> and it's just oh man Michael Crichton before he or Michael Crichton sorry Michael uh, the Broadway singer sorry the name escapes me at the moment uh, before he became the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway uh, playing a character he turns into a Condor Man Henry Mancini did the theme it's such a cool movie and then I, I just got that recently, not too long ago. Well, it was actually the same purchase when I got Megaforce. But um, the opening <laughs> on that was done by Disney, you know, because it was a Disney yeah, film. Yeah. But the opening credits to that were so beautiful because it was like the old seven guys animating it. Wow. And, and the intro, I, you can probably find it on YouTube. The intro alone is worth the entire movie. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I'm familiar with the name, I and I probably have seen it. I just, I, it's not... Resonating. Yeah. She's she's worth it for anything. <laughs> of course. Um, 
And, I, and I'm sure, John, uh, you put your in no particular order because you didn't want us to chastise you on not putting Empire or Raiders of the Lost Ark as your number one. I'm well, sure. Empire <laughs> would be number one. Uh, Blues Brothers is awful close. As I've gotten older, my tastes have changed sure, a little bit. Sure, um, I You know, Raiders, yeah, Raiders would probably be number one. Cannonball Run is really up there though too for me. So, and I wanted I wanted to throw this out there because one of the discussions that Adam and I had was uh, was based on Robert and my comment that if you don't have Raiders of Lost Ark as number one, you're weird or it's not accepted or whatever. <laughs> um, that that's of course us talking. It's our opinion. It's our thought. Don't take it personally. <laughs> unless you are really weird. Right. Unless you are really <laughs> weird. <laughs> And they don't want to know what my favorite was. <laughs> but uh, but it, it like I said. I do. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. No, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get 19, to that. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, what was your favorite movie? Nineteen eighty one. Heartbeats. <laughs> don't even know <laughs> that Andy one. Kaufman and wow, that's cool. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because I think I was the only person that actually saw it ever. <laughs> I remember they having the Dynamite magazine they were on the cover of. I don't yes. think I've ever actually seen it. I think 82 well, is the best be- part is they repurposed the um, uh, the Venus Lander or whatever from the $6 million man. Like the, the robot that yeah. like, attacks the $6 million man in the old series. They repurposed it for the movie. Yeah. They just put like a new top on that. Wow. <laughs> Um, I think I think just based on that, the this eighty two list is going to be very interesting. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, though, I, I just wanted to throw out to any listener out there, you know, we make comments and we and we jest about stuff and everything else. Your top five favorite list is your top five favorite list. We might think you're weird for it, but that's our opinion. <laughs> it's whatever it well, is. And, we, and occasionally we do have our own weird ones, and yeah, like you said, because it's personal, you know, it's right? Like what are your own personal interests and what stands out to you and you're going to have an oddball yeah. choice every once in a while. Everybody's got that. Yep. And we're going to, and hey, we chastise each other about it. We're going to chastise you guys with your list. So whatever. Uh, you run that risk when you let us know what your top five is. So. <laughs> you're, you're totally putting it out there for public consumption. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, just to, uh, again, just before, we're about to jump into 82, but just to reiterate, uh, for those that aren't familiar with how we've been doing it, uh, we're going to start with our number fives, work up to our number ones. Do If my number five is your number three, do not mention it as your number three. You can talk about the movie and everything, but don't mention that it was your number three until you get to your number three. Then you can mention the movie and why it became your number three or whatever. So... You can, however, mention if a move if we mention a movie on our list and you put it on your honorable mention list, you can certainly do that. You can certainly say, "Hey, I actually had that on my honorable mention." So, um, but this way, everyone gets to have their chance to talk about their number five, four, three, two, and one. So, all right, so you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay, so Let's um, do it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Where's that cool Let's <laughs> I gotta get my lips wrapped around it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> lips wrapped around that conk. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, how was barbecue uh-huh. not in that episode? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wrong episode. <laughs> he, he wrapped his lips around the viper. Mm. So, what he perfect. <laughs> 
All right, so Shannon, since I think yours is going to be the most interesting. <laughs> Mine's going to be the crappiest one. <laughs> I know, but I want you to go first. I want you to go with your first your first one with your number five. What's your number five movie? Well, I, I went with a theme. Should I tell you what you the could, theme is? Yeah, tell People us the kind of guess ahead. Maybe tell, we can guess the theme. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll, uh, well, you'll, you'll guess it. You'll probably guess it by the first one. Okay. All right. So, so go with the first one. So you can guess it. I, I, I just, I, I randomly picked films, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Number five is The Pirate Movie with Christopher Atkins and Christy McNichol. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's called The Pirate Movie? It's called The Pirate Movie. Yeah. And it, isn't, it, isn't it based on The Pirates of Penzance, if I remember yeah, correctly? Yeah, yeah, loosely, yeah. Is it really? So you're doing a, you're doing a, a musical no. top five? Oh. No. Uh, is it Gilbert and Sullivan top five? <laughs> It is a movies that no one has seen but Shannon top five. <laughs> oh, I think that may be close. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> wow. The pirate movie. Is it worth checking out? I guess it's a, if it's in your no. top five. No, it's not worth it. It's in your top five. I picked it random. <laughs> oh, okay. I picked it because it fit in with the theme. Number five is actually a filler spot. Okay. Okay. So, uh... <laughs> what, the pirate movie? Yeah. No, it's about football beer. <laughs> it's about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's about baseball. baseball. That right. efficient say Pittsburgh. <laughs> wow. Okay, John, what's your number five? We need to move on. <laughs> Quickly. Well, mine has no theme. Okay. Uh, Other than it being your favorites, right? Yeah. Number five for me. Is what I think Netflix calls a uh, after-hours comedy. <laughs> it is the epic Scott Baio uh, vehicle mm-hmm. zapped. Oh, nice! Where Scott Baio gets telekinetic powers. Yes. And his buddy Peyton, which is played by the uh, estimable Willie Ames, the <laughs> two of them have get into all kinds of hijinks, uh, rigging football games, taking revenge on bullies, and uh, making sure that we see a lot of female flesh. I was going to say, there's a lot of bras being popped in that one. Uh, yes, and in fact, you see, well, you see Heather Thomas, who was not, she had a double, and uh, apparently sued over the fact that they pasted her head onto the body double, and you see plenty of uh, the body double, but yes, uh, Zapped, uh, one of those comedies that just kind of sticks with you, and it's not to be confused with the 2014 Disney Channel movie Zapped. For those of you with children, do not put this one on Netflix and watch it with them. I can't. Uh, yeah. There was more to Barney Springboro than his mind. There was more to Peyton Nichols than what met the eye. Smile! And on that day when Barney got the power. It was Peyton who knew exactly what to do with it. I can make things fly around. I can move things. He guided Barney. I got it all figured out. You do your thing. We'll make a fortune. And he advised him in the fine art of dealing with parents. In the mysterious ways of women. Wow. And in the unpredictable laws of chance. You're a winner. Together. They used the power and took the world for a ride. (laughs) And found their way into the hearts of every woman. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to. You don't? No. I have way too much respect for you, Jane. You do? 
But Peyton never warned Barney about one thing. Falling in love. Get off this summer with Zapped. Starring Scott Bayo, Willie Ames, Albert Einstein, Scatman Crothers, his over-persuasive wife. You ugly spasm. An outrageous pair. An incredible pair. One spaced-out Vulcan, one spaced-out dummy. A team of professional exorcists. And a half-naked cast of thousands. <laughs> All come together in Zapped, a movie that's out of this world and out of its mind. I think I was pretty young when I saw that one, though. I didn't see it in the theater, of course, but... But it made a man of me. But, yeah, I think I... I, think I no, no, there was another movie that made a man of me, and it's, it is on my list of honorable mentions. <laughs> oh. I might have a guess as to what that one might Right, I'm sure you do. Um, actually, there's a couple movies in my honorable mention list that helped make a man of me, so... That was kind of a running theme there in the early 80s. Yes. Kinds of yes. All right, Robert, what was your number five? All right, my number five is Star Trek, Wrath of Khan. That's an honorable mention for me. Khan! That's what I'm talking about. Khan, you've got Genesis, but you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet, buried alive, buried alive. There, of course, is no way that was on my top five list, but it is on my honorable mention right. list. <laughs> yeah, I, I found if I was going to make a top five if, at the time, then things like Annie and all this other stuff would, be, <laughs> would probably have been on it. Right. But uh, you know, I was only I was like three years old at the time, so a lot of these I watched later on in the mid '80s as they came on TV or as I watched on VHS. Sure. Um, some of them I didn't watch until I was like well over 18 years old, kind of a thing. Um, and then since then, you know, they're kind of my favorites. Uh, but Wrath of Khan was one I watched probably when I was like five or six. My parents were really into Star Trek. And the only thing, for the longest time, the only thing I remembered out of it was... Um, ear. Earworm, was yeah. Ear. yeah. The earworm freaked me out, freaked the crap out of me. And then, of course, Spock dying at the end. I was just like, man. Yeah. Hey, spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. Sorry. Oh, geez. All right. We should announce spoiler alert. These <laughs> 80s movie reviews. That actually, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. So uh, is you mentioned, us mentioning the spoiler reminded me of this. So I just want your guys' quick opinion on this because Chuck and I fought about this. So this is one of our classic debates that we unfortunately did not have recorded on the show. So recently there was an article that came out that talked about an event that happened in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic. I don't want to say what happened because I don't want to spoil it for somebody. But I was on a group text chat and our buddy Nick said, oh my God, did you see what happened with turtles? And Sam, our friend Sam said, what? And Nick posted an article, but he says, read it at your own risk. Chuck 
goes ahead and spoils what was in the article in the group text message for an issue I have not read yet, nor did anyone else in the group read other than Nick. Chuck's argument was, and it's about a character dying, so just that's okay. all I'm going to say, but Chuck said because in comics, characters that die don't usually stay dead and they come back, it's not really a spoiler. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it's a spoiler because you don't know when or, or how it's going to, if they are going to come back. But, exactly. Yeah. Like the whole point of them killing off a character is that they think that it, it holds an emotional beat or it progresses the story right. in a significant way or they wouldn't do it. Right. So then, of course it's a spoiler because it means that the story that revolves around that event that kills a character right. has, has a lot of importance in uh, the, the character's world and how they're going to move forward. And certainly the editor and the writer think it was a valued enough thing to include in the story that it is important. So, of course, it's a spoiler. Right. He's totally wrong. Well, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that even from the flip side of that, when you always know the hero's going to live or you always know the good guys are going to win in a movie or whatever, it's not knowing that outcome. It's knowing how it gets there. Exactly. That's the excitement of it. So when you tell anything that goes on in it. I still think that's a spoiler. I agree. And that was actually my statement. Is anytime you tell what happens in a story, whether it's a character dying, living, getting married, whatever, that's a spoiler. If you're going to yeah. tell me what happens in a story, especially if it's a significant part of the story, that's a spoiler. So the that whole point yeah. of it is the journey, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we all we all read comics, and, you know. Generally, you know your hero's going to live. Yeah. And if he's going to die, you're going to know about it like weeks in advance because it gets out. Yeah. His, his argument. Well, they put it. They put it out in the previews now. And, yeah. 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 His argument back was just uh, Roadhouse because he had no argument basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just a picture of of. Uh, Patrick Swayze? No. Saturday night thing. <laughs> he just said he just said Roadhouse because Roadhouse is Chuck's excuse when he doesn't have a valid argument. He just says Roadhouse. It's kind of like saying whatever. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so I just wanted to throw that out there on the air so this way listeners can give a, give their thoughts if they think talking about a character's death in a comic is is <laughs> a spoiler or not. Right. Right. And since he's not here to defend himself, it's like pretty Exactly. That's okay. not a cool. But he'll be at Joe. He'll be at Joe. He'll be at Joe Con, and we'll record an episode at Joe Con, so he can defend himself all he'd like at that point. So I'll leave a horse's head in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my number five was Tron. Uh, came out July 9th. Uh, if you grew up in the '80s and you liked video games, Tron was the epitome of that. So um, loved the. Dynamics. It is very a very dated movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids. I want to say it like holds up. Yeah. No. Way. It's like, definitely a nostalgia movie, which is why it's my number five. I loved it when I saw it. I still love it watching it now, but it's because of that nostalgia. You show that movie to a kid now. <laughs> they like, wouldn't stay away. No. <laughs> uh, but I do love it um, as as a movie. I loved all the the nuances with it. I have not seen Tron Legacy. Uh, which is the newest movie that came out? What? Uh, I have not seen it yet. So, um, but you're ridiculous. I know. I know. Do you want to? How have you not seen that? Do you want to spoil that one for me? <laughs> uh, no. I want you to watch it. It's good. I I will. I will. But uh, you know what? I hope at, at 
the thing that makes Tron now, even now, is David Warner. Yeah. Because yeah. he is like, any movie he's in, he just steals the show. Yeah, hands down. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Kevin Flynn, computer genius. Taken prisoner and held captive within the digital world of the computer itself. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute. So, all right, so Shannon, you're number four. Okay, let's see if you're, you're going to guess the, uh, the tie together. Number four is The Challenge with Scott Glenn and Toshiro Mifune. Did, they all start with the letter of the the? That's what I thought of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, although the other two, two out of the next three do have the <laughs> It's called the what? The what? The Challenge. So we have What's the, the challenge of the movie getting through it or <laughs> no. Whoa. No, the, the movie is about uh, this American boxer in Japan and he gets caught up in this uh, family rival. These two brothers are fighting over these uh, family heirlooms and it's set in Japan and he kind of joins this. Uh, it's basically like a G.I. Joe movie because he joins this family of samurai and he has to train with them and become a samurai and all the time he's really just kind of working for the other brother to steal this uh, family heirloom okay sounds cool i was gonna say it sounds interesting so it's it's not available on dvd i've been looking for it for years but the thing about it is is it because it's filmed in japan they use some of the like coolest buildings in japan because the one brother is supposed to be like this you know, he basically owns a corporation that's like Sony, that kind of size. So they have all these great shots of like downtown Tokyo and these like really elaborate corporate buildings and stuff. And it, it's yeah. not a musical. No, it's not a musical. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking? The pirate in the challenge. Yep. I I'm not getting the theme yet. Yeah, is the theme in the title of the movie or what the movies are about? Can you give us that much of a hint? <laughs> it's more what they're about and what's involved in them. Okay. Sporting okay. events? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll keep that in mind. I'm keep not. It in mind. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is yet. But uh, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. All right, uh, John. What's your number four? Uh, number four, Grub Grubzilla is going to be upset that it's not higher for me, but it's Tron. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a yes. It's certainly a nostalgia piece at this point, but the the characters that came out of it, we get Tron Legacy, and well, we got we got uh, we got Legacy, and then we got the the Tron cartoon, yes, yeah. which was unbelievable. Yeah, I love that and, cartoon. And, oh my word, it was so good. Yeah. And uh, apparently, 
Legacy has done well enough. I guess they're finally, I guess I just read in the last week or so that they are doing a third yeah. movie now. Okay. Which oh, I'm excited I'm about. Glad. You know yeah. I mean? I'm surprised it's taken yeah, so long, in fact. Well, you know, yeah. And again, you think about it, was how many years between the first two? 30? <laughs> yeah. 25? Or, yeah. I mean, and of course, not... it was, it was so, it was ahead of its time then. Yes, it looks like, it looks silly. It, it, but again, the stories that got, came out of it, the music is amazing that Wendy Williams yeah. did in it. Yeah. Uh, the Daft Punk in the new movie is, is killer. And then, yeah, you get these, you get not only the Tron video game, stand up game, but then you got Discs of Tron, which I like even more. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I, I know Grub. I'm sorry, it's not higher, but it is my number four is Tron. Well, and I and he he actually sent me a text message saying if Tron is not in your number in in your top five for 1982, and I said I told him I was like it's in my top five. You're not gonna be happy where it's in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the cycles too. The the the, yeah, the light cycles. The light cycles. Are, toy. Yeah, yeah. And then wasn't there a video game they did with the light cycles and everything? I remember playing yeah. that. Well, that was in the in the main Tron game you played. You had the light cycles. You yeah. had the 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 where you threw the uh, when you were going up against the uh, yeah NPC and would throw the, the the you know throw it up almost like a break breakout or something. Yeah. And then you know, but you had didn't the they have like a handheld version? Like it was uh, one of those crappy LED ones where it like I don't remember that. Ring, ring. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember playing the light cycle game like in a stand up arcade. Yeah, that was the original Tron. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I said, Distotron like came later, one. which almost looked 3D because you were right. You were you know your perspective? You were behind them and throwing it. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, uh, Robert, what's your number four? All right, my number four, and this is a, a good example of one I watched uh, when I was much older <laughs> and appreciate better is uh, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, it was an honorable mention for me. So yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah. it was. Um, to me, it's just like a, a really, it's like the best, in my opinion, one of the best fantasy type based 80s movies. There was a lot of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That were kind of, you know, what a Beastmaster and all that, you know, like just that. Caliber, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this was, I think, probably the most well done. Um, I don't... If I had watched it growing up, it was certainly like TV movie version. And it wasn't until I watched it later on or bought the DVDs that I even knew there was boobs in it. So I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, that's, so that's not at all why this is my favorite movie or in my top five. It, to me, it was just the that barbarian character. And, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger cast as that yeah. was just like perfect. You know, right. it was absolutely perfect. You know, so it, um, I really dug that movie. I, he's got some of the best. Who, who can quote the best line out of that movie? <laughs> Lamentations of the women. Yeah. <laughs> Crom. I've never prayed you I've never prayed you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we fought or why we died. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Barbara pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then the hell with you.
Gabriela Payne. No, it's all good. It's all good. You just, anyway, yeah, Conan the Barbarian. You just like seeing uh, Arnold glistening in the in the sun. <laughs> How much Vaseline did he have on? You gotta wonder. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe he's baby oil. Nice. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, all right, my number four, I can guarantee, is not on Robert's list, uh, and it messed me up as a child, <laughs> was Poltergeist. They're here. Oh, I've never seen that. You've never seen it? Oh, my God. I've never seen it either. I haven't seen Poltergeist or Exorcist or any of that. Um, so it came out June 4th. Uh, this movie made me afraid of clowns because of the little <laughs> toy clown that drags them oh, under the man. bed. The movie had a, a curse going with it because people that were in Poltergeist movies died. <laughs> like, yeah, like that little girl died. The little girl yeah, died. The sister, happy days. Yeah. the sister died after the first yeah. movie. It was like every movie there was someone that died that was involved in filming it. So I've seen pretty much all the sequels, which... Uh, you know, they're, they are what they are. Uh, but the first movie, it, it's still creepy to this day. I mean, you, you, you have it the, it holds up pretty well. Yeah. It holds, it I does mean, hold up well. The effect issues, it still holds up really yeah. Well. There's the whole, uh, counting the lightning, the, the thunder and the lightning and everything, yeah. like seeing the lightning and counting the thunder to see how far away the storm was. That actually yeah. taught me to do that as a kid, but of course it creeped me out as a kid. <laughs> how does that tie, since I haven't seen it, how does that tie into the movie? Uh, basically, the storm keeps coming closer. His dad teaches him, like, don't be afraid. You can know how close the storm is by seeing the lightning and counting the thunder. Yeah. Well, he does that, and as it gets closer, the tree outside his window seems creepier and creepier until finally the storm is right on top of him. The tree back, it crashes through the window and grabs him and swallows him. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really creepy. <laughs> yeah. No, the creepiest part is the rising of the dead, which is uh, the one girl falls into the, sw- the swimming pool that's, swimming being, pool, that's yeah. being dug, and it's just this water filled dirt hole. And, cemetery. Yeah, and it's the cemetery. And basically, they built all these houses on top of a cemetery, which is ca- which causes the poltergeist to happen. So oh, all this, man. all the tombs, all the uh, coffins pop up in this uh, swimming pool. That's essentially, like I said, it's just a, a hole in the ground that's filled with water right now and uh they're reaching for her uh as she's trying to climb out of the mud and everything yeah it's it's creepy Jeez. and then there's the guy that peels his face off um oh, what? yeah yeah <laughs> oh, man. he's looking I saw, that, I saw that movie with my mom <laughs> <laughs> my mom took me to see that oh when did it get so 82 so I, I was just i it was a summer film, so I hadn't turned wild yet. Oh my god! Uh, but it's funny because it, all those films, like Conan, I might con my dad into taking me to. Nice. <laughs> and I was—I yeah, I went to see Poltergeist with my mom, and I thought she was going to puke when that guy started tearing his face off. And I want to say I was probably around that same age, Shannon, when I saw it, because I saw it when it came on HBO, mm-hmm. um, and I—I I was pretty young when I saw Poltergeist, which is why it messed me up. Yeah, uh, but That's yeah, why kids shouldn't watch these movies. No, I think it's it's. Oh no, I loved it. Yeah, it That's strengthened crazy. it strengthened yeah. my character, Robert. That's what it did. <laughs> Probably. So. Are you planning to see the new one? Um, I, I didn't know they were doing. That. I didn't know they were doing yeah. a new one. They're doing they're doing a new one. Yeah, they're re 
I guess it's a reboot or a retelling of the of, of the original film. Sure, I'll see it. Why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's basically the scene where this guy's looking in the mirror and he just starts. He notices a bump on his face and he starts picking at it. And next thing you know, he's peeling his whole face off. So um, it's it's an awesome scene. <laughs> it's right up there with the eater scene from yep. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there's the classic line of their heat. They're here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I heard that. Yeah. So, someone packing boxes or something? I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was, that was me. I'm just going to move the paper dryer. Okay. <laughs> All right, Shannon, you're number three. Number three is The Sword and the Sorcerer. Oh, I know. With that. Richard Mall. <laughs> yes. I know that movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are these all sword fighting? Sword fighting? Thank you. Yes, okay. <laughs> the challenge, I figure samurai swords. Yep. Nice. Alright, so it's called The Sword and the Sorcerer. I'm making a list of Shannon's list of things I should <laughs> oh maybe watch. Maybe watch. I'm thinking of, uh, when Shannon's talking about his list, I'm trying to think of where am I going to find audio clips to put into the episode. <laughs> 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 because okay. Vic- Victory was a Bitch and a half to find yeah, <laughs> audio <yeah>. clip for. <laughs> Listen now of a time long past when sorcery thrived and wild adventure was forever in the offing. A deadly sorcerer is called out of nightmare. By a ruthless king driven into evil. And a mystical sword is forged for a mighty warrior who rises out of legend to topple a kingdom. The sword and the sorcerer. Um, so yeah, I can only imagine how tough it's going to be to find Shannon's movies. <laughs> I figure everybody's going to pick, like, you know, all the big films. Sure. Uh, I went with, like, 15. I like it. I like films it. Films that people didn't see. Hey, as, <laughs> as long as you saw them and you and you know what the hell they are. Well, I didn't see the pirate movie. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think there's got to be a sword in there somewhere. Yeah. But see, it was, it was the number five slot, and I didn't have anything else. And I, right. was, I was toying with the idea of saying, just picking a film that had a sword in it. <laughs> right? You could have done Conan. Well, you know, that, that, that's a film everybody knows. Right. See, the thing was, is I was thinking about, like, Swamp Thing, because the bad guy dies by a sword. Gotcha. At the end of the oh, yeah. Gotcha. And, and then I even thought about... Well, yeah, and then I thought about, well, maybe I'll push it and just say Blade Runner because it has Blade in the title. <laughs> See, now I think what I think what you've done here, Shannon, is I think you are now required before we do a future episode <laughs> to actually watch the pirate movie. <laughs> See, there you go. I'll do that. Okay. I, I can sit through any piece of crap. Okay. okay, and then we want to we want to report as, as on, you are right now, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've proven him. We, uh, we, and then we want a, 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 a honest review of it, too. Like how, you know. It's got Christy McNichol in it. What are you expecting? <laughs> All right. Oh, God, really? <laughs> so anything you want to say about the sword and the sorcerer? 
the thing about the film I remember most when I was a kid was he has this sword and it has three blades in it. Yeah. And at, at the end of the film, he's fighting Richard Maul. Yep. Bull from Night Court. Yep. <laughs> who is like this evil wizard. And uh, he punches some button on the sword and the two side blades shoot out and impale him with yep. it. Yep. Yep. So if it's a projectile weapon sword, how yep. great is that? It is awesome. I do remember that. It's right up there with that, the new um, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Lightsaber words. <laughs> yep. The hilt, the hilt blades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the movie, I, I and I remember that sword. Yeah, I remember those things shooting out like that. So that was plus, wasn't he on a cross at one point? And he like pulls the nails out of the cross with his hands. I don't remember. I vaguely remember that. That sounds somewhat familiar, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So, yeah. but uh, I do I do remember Richard Mall though. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't exactly work as a villain. No. <laughs> In he, a comedy, he, maybe, but. he tried yeah. though. He tried really hard. <laughs> Trust me, this was a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, John, what's your number three? All right, I think this may be in that category of uh, helping you into manhood. Uh, <laughs> John mentions uh, my number three is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, that oh, is yeah. that is on my and, honorable uh, mention list, uh, and it is two in... reasons. It's Phoebe Cates, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, but no, it's uh, it's man, that movie holds up. I think, of course, I was not 15 or 16 in 1982, so it's hard to know. But of course, it's what I imagine California being like at that time. If you've oh, seen yeah. Valley Girl, if you've seen this, the cast is. Well, how, how many of those people have gone on and had great careers? Uh, yeah, it's just a, and, and the soundtrack is really good. So yeah, yeah, I figured uh, I didn't know if it'd be on anybody else's top five. And I figured I'd get some questions about Zapped anyway. But you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. So that's that's the last of the uh, movies that have any real skin in them for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say I, th- I was thinking maybe you had a themed list. But. <laughs> Tron. Well, they ran around in skin tight suits in Tron, but yeah, no, not quite. Yeah. Not quite. Um, but yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was on my honorable mention list, and it is one of the two movies that uh, helped me go into manhood. So uh, <laughs> that that scene with Phoebe Cates is worth it alone. So <laughs> all right, uh, it's a spicy meet the boss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, doesn't, Rob- doesn't Sean Penn order a pizza in that movie? Yeah. Yes, he, he does. does. Yes, he, he does. Class, doesn't he? Mr. Ann doesn't want him to have it. Yeah. Who would a great teacher? What a great teacher named Mr. Ann. Yes. Who would have <laughs> ever thought after seeing that movie that Sean Penn would actually become a decent actor? <laughs> An Oscar winner. Yeah. 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 And director. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, Robert, you're number three. All right, my number three is uh, Blade Runner. Okay. So for for me, this was one. Uh, I remember it. Parts of it, like, when I tried to watch it as a kid, it, there was too many, like, slow spots. You know, it, yeah. it was too intelligent. It's a difficult film to follow or, as a kid. Yeah, or just, there was, like, quiet, kind of those detective noir-type moments yep. uh, that I would lose my attention, you know, as a little kid. But certainly as I watched it, as I got older, then I really kind of appreciated the character complexities and the, really enjoyed it, and especially the... Um, to me, I look back on it, the reason why it ranks so high on my list is um, just the genre, the groundbreaking you know, 
uh, set design, costume yeah. design, just the plot itself is kind of dealing with, you know, cyborg or AI type yeah. uh, characters. Just, you know, there's just nothing like that before it. You know, it's just so groundbreaking. Um, to me, that's why it's so high on the list. And it's a genre I love. I just love the whole kind of cyberpunk futuristic yeah. uh, where you get to create a new a world. You know, just take a guess at what the world could be like in, you know, 100 years, 1,000 years, whatever, how far you want to go in the future. Yeah. Like, I love any of those kinds of stories. Um, not that it has to be dystopian or post-apocalyptic, but just like a functioning society. But what is it like? You know? Yeah. So, so, Robert, I'm curious, which version do you like the most? Because this is a movie I've always struggled with. And that I, I agree with you visually, it's stunning, and the design stuff is really cool. But there are so many different versions. You know, there's more voiceover, less voiceover, and I just I've never been able to find apparently the version that I get. Like I again, I appreciate yeah. it. I, I think, but I'm I think curious. The like, only you know. version I've seen is the director's cut. Okay. Um, so I haven't seen like the theatrical version or compared them. Like sat down and really took notes of it. It's like I like the movie. It's not it's certainly not my top. You know, number one, right. uh, I think more than anything, it, it has its spot because of of its like what I was just talking about, kind of tone and design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, story wise, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting kind of just exercise to kind of go through and really think about, decide which one I like the best. I do like. Well, I think aren't there three or four versions out there, guy? I mean, yeah, I, I, there, there is. Are. There are. Yeah. You know, as I understand, so I've seen two at least, and yeah. So, yeah. be curious. Because that's your assignment next time, Robert. you got to go watch the other versions. <laughs> All right. I can do that. I think he's going. getting better into that deal. Wait, i got to watch the pirate movie. He gets that. Yeah, I get to Just... watch four versions of Blade Runner. Look at that pirate movie. Trust me, it'll feel like I'm watching just as many. Well, first, first, you have to watch uh, The Pirates of Penzance, and then you have to watch the pirate movie and tell us how they're different. There's a Pirates of Penzance film out there with Kevin Klein in it. Yes. It's actually pretty good. It's pretty true. Who is married to Phoebe Cates. Yes. <laughs> See, it all ties together. It all comes back. It all comes back. <laughs> the one thing I find interesting, too, with Blade Runner is um, t- t- this day and age, people are like going, man, Chris Pratt's getting every role that's out there. This is another big movie for Harrison Ford. I mean... Yeah, yeah it's huge. I mean, it, exactly. I think it's... You know, he, he hit three major... Yeah. movies and genres that just solidified his career yeah. for his long, for life. You yeah. know what I mean? And obviously a few of them had you know, huge sequels and, and, and became a whole and thing. Of course, but, five years. Yeah. Yeah. But just, he was, I mean, you kind of think, um, and there's been other actors who kind of hit that group, like Will Smith or say Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Definitely. Too, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, they just become the it actor and they're in everything. Yeah. And then some of those, properties that they're in end up generating sequels and become a whole franchise yeah <laughs> like everything he's been on Blade Runner is the only one that really didn't yeah. do that yeah not until now yeah but well I think it was it was a little more of a complex type story you know you think of Indiana Jones you think of Star Wars it's just really like everybody could yeah. relate to it popcorn movie exciting you know um, you know Blade Runner was not that yeah you know, I do want to point out one thing, though, on Blade yeah. Runner that yeah. nobody mentioned was the Al Williamson adaptation, just to bring it back around to comics. I haven't ever seen that, that. Oh, my God, it's gorgeous. Is it? Because okay. it, it was I right after. Al Williamson, but... Well, yeah, it was right after you did the uh, the Empire one, Okay. which was also beautiful. But, yeah, it's, 
I think he was even better on the Blade Runner one because it fit more into his style with all the, the kind of like blacks that he loved to use. You know, it was so ink heavy on everything. Gotcha. But yeah, definitely pick it up, and you can get it on eBay for like ten bucks. Okay. Hey, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I'll yeah, it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Very cool. All right, my uh, my number three, I don't think is will be anyone surprised that this made my top five, uh, considering my, my love for Jim Henson properties, uh, The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Uh, came out December 17th. This was uh, the the first movie that Henson did that proved that puppeteering and all that didn't have to be like all fun cutesy. and yeah, y'all cutesy and fun and games and everything else. This was a creepy ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like Dark Crystal was a honorable mention on mine. Yeah, yeah, it's on mine too. But it was. I remember it creeped me out as a kid. Yeah. Because I I went into it thinking, hey, puppet movie, and then I was just like. What the hell is it? You got someone pull. You got one character pulling her eye out and staring at people. You got the crab walker guys and. um, Even the main character was like. Yeah. Close to human, but not quite. Like the facial features and proportions. Yeah. So it was just a little weird, but yeah, man, the character designs in that movie are so amazing. And the sets, I love the sets in that film. Oh yeah. Um, The the actual dark crystal room. Yeah. It was amazing, and I've watched a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, like how they put it together. I mean, it, there was a lot of work that went into that. Um, but you had uh, the character uh, Jen, which was the, the main character, uh, which always threw me off because he looked kind of female, and then you name him Jen, and it was like, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but I remember the one scene that even as a kid threw me off was where he's thinking to himself, and there was that whole narration, you'd hear his thoughts and everything, and he'd be like, I can't do it alone. And then he's like, all right, alone then. And I'm like, what? You just said you can't do it alone. And now you're <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to go alone. <laughs> um, but they did do, uh, Archaea uh, started doing the prequel to The Dark Crystal. And they've done the first two volumes, and I have them in hardcover, and they're absolutely beautiful. It's uh, Brian Froud doing the, mm-hmm. art, the artwork. And it's absolutely gorgeous, and I can't wait till they do the third volume. Um, it's been slow in coming out, uh, I think, because of the acquisition of Archaea by Boom and everything. But but I'm looking forward to that being completed, and it's it's just an absolutely beautiful book. But the movie itself, yeah, it, I saw it in the movie theater because, well, of course... He did it. Yeah, he did the, the character designs, too. Yeah, yeah, he did. For the film. Yep. But uh, it was it was one of those movies where, of course, my parents are like, "Oh, we're gonna go see a Jim Henson movie." <laughs> like, we go go to the theater. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then puppets are having their guts sucked out of their heads. Yes. Um, but I loved it. I mean, it was because I mean, I did even at a young age. I I liked stuff that was a little bit creepy or a little bit different and stuff like that. So. Um, I still love the movie to this day. I, it's one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of Jim Henson is because of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and stuff like that, along with the Muppet <laughs> Show and everything. So, and I remember uh, seeing uh, on uh, behind the scenes of the Muppet Show that they said that Jim Henson went overseas to like Japan and everything else and saw puppeteering that was done over there that was not done for kids. It was done for an adult audience and everything. And he wanted to bring that over here. And I think the Dark Crystal was kind of like a little tip in that direction of like, this isn't necessarily for kids. This is kind of, it's a bit darker. 
So, uh, so yeah, it just I love the story. I love the movie. Um, it's I have like the special edition on DVD, so um, it absolutely had to make my top five list. So, all right, Shannon, your number two, Beastmaster. Nice. That's an honorable mention for me. <laughs> my favorite line in almost any film is out of that is when they kick one of the soldiers into the pit yeah. with the tiger, and John Amos goes. When you face the animal on its own terms, you will find you are not so great. <laughs> I was like, damn. The Beastmaster. Born with the strength of a black tiger. The courage of an eagle. The power that made him more than any hero. More than any lover. He was lord and master over all beasts. He was the beast master. Behold the wonder. The horror. The fantasy. The challenge of the one warrior they call the Beastmaster. Mark Singer is Dar. Tanya Roberts is Carrie. Rip Torn is Mayak. John Amos is Seth. Together they take us on a fascinating journey back into unexplored times. Conquer your fears. Face the unknown. And discover the incredible link between man, animal, and all that is phantasmagorical. In the world of dungeons, dragons, and Dar. The Beastmaster. The epic adventure of a new kind of hero. That's deep. <laughs> I cannot count how many times I saw that movie, too. I, I, it, was on, it was on Cinemax like every five minutes. Right. <laughs> Come on. Right. It was. Uh, with the ferrets and, oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> I As a kid, I actually liked that more than I liked Conan, <laughs> which is a sad statement, but it's true. No, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Other than everything. <laughs> It was like it was. It, it's like Robert was saying earlier. There was that whole genre of like sorcerer yeah. sword films that came out. Yeah. I guess building off of the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons or something. Yeah, probably, probably. But man, John Amos was a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love that movie. I need to watch it now. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I've watched it quite a bit. So um, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right, uh, John, you're, you're number two. <laughs> John, did Three you, words. I was going to say, did you go take a number two? Where <laughs> Three words to sum up this movie. Deeds, not words. I'm talking Megaforce. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I said there was a Hal Needham track in my films. I love this man. I've told Shannon we need to do a podcast about Hal Needham because he is the man. Megaforce is so flipping awesome. <laughs> it was a real struggle to not make it number one. But as Shannon, what do you call it? Uh, G.I. Joe B Team? What do you know? Beta. Beta. I know Beta. Yeah. There's something moving in the 
We with, did just think about it. With we machine gun motorcycles, we got those cool uh, enforcer drag car, you know, like dune buggy things. Okay. You got, you know, you got one, oh, and two. God. What? Remember when he's got the bike and he's like one, then two, two. <laughs> and you got a flying motorcycle. Yes. Well, I was we, got, we got, you know, stereotypical uh, bad guys. I mean, guys, this movie is so awesome, and it does not get enough love. It's the pre- just for the sheer the battle sequences are just so ridiculous. You know, the fact that you get the when they're doing the night raid and it's got a clock down in the corner. But again, Hal, Hal Needham was a genius, and yes, I, I unabashed love for this film. <laughs> Well, I will say also it was a precursor. It was a precursor to mask, also because of the mo- yeah. motorcycle changing Good into point. the flying. Um, I actually watched that scene because when I was looking up movies, I was like Megaforce. I know I've heard it and seen it, and what? and my no, I have, but I couldn't remember what it was, and I was confusing it with Delta Force, which is a totally different movie. Yes, it is. Um, so, <laughs> so I watched the clip of the motorcycle changing. And I found out on YouTube, you can actually watch the full movie of Megaforce on YouTube for free. So There are other places that you can <laughs> find it. You can ask uh, me or you can ask Mr. Gallant about it. Um, yeah, but no, guys, if you've not seen Megaforce and you're into G.I. Joe and and that whole scene, you, yeah. you do yourself a favor and see this movie. It is flipping epic. Some great dialogue. <laughs> yes, it like does. The scene where he's talking about, I was this close to getting him on our side. <laughs> and then he's standing in the back. No, he stole my lighter. <laughs> and he's like holding a lighter. He's like, I was this close. <laughs> and realize it is a very dated movie, and the special effects are very dated as well. <laughs> you, 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 you think what you want. It is still. Yeah, no, I said it was. Uh, I enjoy it. It's a. It, it, it's it's a great film, and uh, I I just yeah I love it. But one of the reasons I call it the, the beta version is because of the whole pit. They basically got yeah, the pit. They do. They do. Because the whole base is like underground. Yep. Mm. Robert, any <laughs> thoughts on uh, Megaforce? Robert. <laughs> hey, He's drawing away, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Perry? Yeah, any, yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. Racing. to it all night. <laughs> yeah. Any any thoughts on yeah, any oh, thoughts okay. on Megaforce? No, I don't know anything about it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Your assignment along with watching all the versions of Blade Runner you can find is to, to, to procure a copy of Megaforce, which we can help you with and you have to watch it. Like I said, you can you can find it on YouTube, the full movie. You can watch it. You can watch it on YouTube for free because no one's worried about piracy with that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not worried about people pirating Megaforce. It's not a bad thing. It means it's available to the masses. And, and if you are if you are a Megaforce fan and you're listening to this and you're not on the Facebook group, there is a group called Megaforce HQ, and you can get all your Megaforce needs uh, taken care of over there too. Nice. In terms of. People, well, uh, yeah, uh, deeds not words, right? Um, but yeah, so. All right, Robert, you're number two. Robert. Not drawing. Your racer head. Oh, no, that's not 82, sorry. <laughs> All right, well. Well, you move on then. Yeah, I'm going to move on. All right, so it looks like we lost Robert. <laughs> we'll see if we can get him back at all. Um, all right, my number two. 
is Rocky Three. Came out May 28th. Uh, this is my second favorite Rocky movie. Uh, it is, uh, you get the Eye of the Tiger happening in this movie. You get the whole, <laughs> one of the best training montages ever. <laughs> yeah. See that look in their eyes, right? We fought, Rock. I trained hard, but I didn't have that look in my eyes. You had it, you won. Yeah. Gotta get that look back, Rock. I had the tiger, man. I had the tiger, come on. I, I I just liked seeing uh you know Apollo Creed teaming up with Rocky and he's got to train him again because he's become weak and it it's an enjoyable thing and I mean the 80s montages are just one of the best things about the 80s and this one has plenty of them so um I love the you know you gotta love Clever Lang Mr T hey woman hey woman that's <laughs> fine. You have to put that in. Oh, yeah, I definitely got to put that on. <laughs> hey, woman. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since you're a man and ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. So, yeah, um, like I said, I love the Rocky franchise as a whole other than number five. But, uh,. But I, I even liked uh, Rocky Balboa that came out not that long ago. I, I like that one, too. Right? Yeah, That's I thought good. that was done well. The The only thing that sucks about Rocky Balboa as a movie is that you have to at least know what happened in Rocky V to know why he's there, which sucks because Rocky V is a horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> well, aren't they are they doing a new one now? Uh, yeah, another Rambo movie. He's he doing another Rocky too. I know he wanted to do one. There was going to be a movie com- I, coming I out. I thought he was going to be teaching or coaching or you know training Apollo Creed's kid or yeah. something. Wasn't that the premise? It, it was going to be called Creed. Uh, so uh, what, it wasn't going to be called Rocky. It was going to be called Creed. And yeah, he trains Creed's kid. Not to be confused with the crappy band, right? Right. Not not, not everyone thinks they were crappy. Not everyone thinks they were crappy. <laughs> Um, I, I want to know, is, is Will Smith's kid going to be uh... <laughs> No. Kid? No, I'm trying to remember. It seems like every time. He's yeah. a karate kid. That's what I'm saying. I want to like, oh, say. Some crappy, annoying kid. Let's get him. Yeah, no, I want to say that they actually had. I, there was originally supposed to be um, someone casted for it, and, I, and it was a pretty decent actor, but I haven't heard anything new about it, so. Um, Robert just texted me, said, just finish without me, I guess. So, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, yeah, so my number, my number two, so Porky's is his number one, right? So, well, wait, first we have his number two, which, uh, we're going to say is E.T. <laughs> and, uh, cause he just likes the little alien and he likes that glowing finger. So, uh, <laughs> So all right, so Shannon, six pack. No, oh, oh wait, Let, let's talk about ET for a minute because obviously it's a. Uh, oh, I'm Shannon. I'm assuming there's no swords in it, so it's not your number one. <laughs> um, it's not even on my list. It's not. Know. It's not on my list. It's a, okay. It's an honorable so, mention. Is that is that an age thing? Because you know, I was I was old enough when I I saw it in the theater, and I remember being bored out of my mind and my little sister crying. For most of it, you know, or being upset because, you know, the little man died. But sorry, spoilers. Um, I'm just kind of curious. Is that a product of age? Uh, because I don't have any real affinity for that film at all. It, I, it, you know, it's got a great soundtrack. and Yeah. 
but I don't. It I'm curious what you guys him. think about that. Yeah, because Robert um, Rob Burkin, that writes for IO9, is a friend of mine. Yeah, he, he hates that film with a passion, and it's because he basically calls it like you know the ex. Uh, what is, how does he call it? The scrotum from outer space or something like that. <laughs> But he, wow. That's why he hates that film. He swears it just looks like a giant penis walking around touching people with a bony finger. Wow. I never really thought about it from that perspective, but um, yeah. Ryan, what about you? Um, I think it is an age thing, although, I mean, I did go see it in the theater with my family. Um, I was about, I was around seven, uh, six or seven when it came out. Um, I like the movie. I do enjoy the movie. I have it on DVD, but it's not like... One of those movies. It's not a great film. It just doesn't. It's not one of those movies where I I go oh I really want to watch E T like I have nice memories of it because I went and saw it with my family, and I love Reese's Pieces so. Uh, <laughs> but which, which in the novelization because this is fun fact yeah. I read the novelization for English class in sixth grade. Yeah. In the in the novelization, it's M and M's. Yeah, that's right. But they couldn't get the rights. Right? But they could. Yeah, M and M said no, we don't want to do it. So Reese PC swooped in. But uh, yep. yeah, it was funny because remember, given the book report, yeah, why in the world some teacher let me read E T to get up in front of people <laughs> and tell about the little penis alien that friends are going to touch and people? But I said something about M and M's, and the entire class yelled Reese's Pieces. Oh yeah, no dummies. I'm the one that read the book. I know. <laughs> I didn't say that, but you know. But that ended up anyway. really boosting Reese's Pieces. Um, it did. I mean, it, it did. Time. But that movie also great. led to arguably the worst video game ever made. So. Oh yeah, which know. there is. That's language. why at least that's why I have a bad taste for it. Yeah. There's and there is and it's not a myth. People think it's a myth. There is actually yeah. There's actual pits of where they buried a bunch of the video games because they yep. They thought it was going to be this huge hit and it wasn't because it was a horrible game. Because they gave them what two weeks to figure out how to program it. I mean, it was no time. Yeah, it was was really something. But yeah, but but it's interesting for again. I think it's about an age and perspective thing. But I believe was it not at one time the highest grossing movie? Oh yeah. Ever, I yeah. mean, I mean, I know it's yeah. been supplanted yeah. by other things, but I think it was the highest, you know, highest yeah. grossing film of all time. And I, you know, like I said, it just doesn't, it doesn't strike me that way. But yeah. anyway, it's kind and, of interesting. And I, and like I said, I like it. Uh, but again, I was little when I saw it. Um, I like it. It's just not something that's going to make my top five list. Um, so it's one of those films like if there's nothing else on, I don't mind watching it. But it right. doesn't. It's not like I get Jones like. You know, I'll get in that mood where I want to watch Blade Runner or I want right. to watch Star Wars. Right. It doesn't come up for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll, to be honest, I bought the DVD and I think I watched it once because I, it was the DVD that had the the changes in it of the guns, yeah, the, walk, yeah. the walkie talkies, or the guns to walkie talkies. So I just wanted to see how they did that, what it looked like. Um, but that was it. I mean,. Uh, I, I crack up about the whole. Have you seen the connection of ET to uh, Star Wars, where they they put the ET in the council? Oh, in episode one. In episode one, yeah. but then they show like this whole connection of Yoda to ET and how ET, like you know, during Halloween passes up someone dressed as Yoda and mm-hmm. and uh, recognizes him and everything else. It's like this whole connection thing. It yeah. was it was pretty. It's done pretty well. So, um, all right, John, you're. Number one. What about what was Shannon's number one? Oh, did, oh yeah, we didn't we didn't do your number one. I'm sorry. So what was your number one? It's okay. I thought it was E. T. 
I was actually we already kind of talked about it with Robert because it was the Ultimate Sword film which was coming in. Okay. Very nice. So, okay. So, do you, do you have Do you have anything Do you have anything else you want to say about Conan? No, I mean for me it was I, I was and when I was looking through the list for eighty two because I couldn't remember exactly what came out it I almost made it a comic book list but it just felt short. Gotcha. Because you had Swamp Thing that came out that year. Yeah. Yeah. Those were like the first, you know, it wasn't like now where there's a, a superhero film every six months or right. six weeks. When we were kids, it was few and far between. Right. And so it was like you had Superman 2, and then the following year you had Conan and Swamp Thing. And for me, I was I was Super Jones, and I didn't even know anything about Conan. I never read the comic book, but the fact that it was a comic book film, I wanted to see it. Yeah. Um, so I started like going back and rereading all those, and... I think my brother had the power book comic on the M1 that had the little 45 in it. Yeah. They did one of that. And it was like finding a whole new kind of world of, of comics because if it wasn't superheroes, I didn't read it. And that was the first non-superhero book that I kind of read. Nice. And it was just because of the film. But, you know, my dad was all excited to see it and James Earl Jones was in it and there were movies and, <laughs> you know, and, and so like the first 12-year-old, it was... Pretty, pretty cool. And like you said, you tricked your dad into letting you see it. So. <laughs> well, maybe you know, I can't say anything because my parents were pretty like, you know. Yeah. Depressing. Everybody's got them. Yeah. And that was that kind of thing. So. My parents, when it came to, uh, were kind of loose when it came to horror movies with me because they were just kind of like, now you know this is all pretend. And I'm like, yeah. Didn't stop me from being terrified that night. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, all right, John, you're number one. This may come as a surprise to many people, especially this being Star Joe's, but um, it's been mentioned by somebody else. My number one is actually Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Nice. Um, this is the one Star Trek movie that really holds up for me. I am not a Trek fan at all. I really, you know, it's, I'm yeah. kind of ambivalent about it. I, I watched... I could never really get into the original series. I watched Next Generation when I was in college and never really paid much attention to the rest of it. But um, this one sticks out. I, you know, Khan is just an amazing character. Monoban was was tremendous in the part. And yeah, even though it's creepy, the earworm thing is very memorable. And yes. obviously, you know, the death of Spock. But uh, yeah, that, that I think it, it holds up. You know, my kids have seen. I think they've seen all the original Trek movies, and that first one is is an abomination. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there are people who enjoy it. Good on you, but um, yeah, it's just. I it's actually a, do. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Good on you. So um, no, I just, I, I think Wrath of Khan was. It holds up. It was really well done, and uh, so I, I it, it, it barely beat out, um, barely beat out Megaforce on my list. Nice. And I think I think the Trek fans owe a lot to that film. Oh that yeah, saved the entire franchise. It absolutely did, and it's interesting because it was uh, Harv Bennett who just recently passed away. Yeah. He he wrote, you know, he kind of pulled the script, and apparently they didn't have any kind of plan for the second movie, but they said we'll go find something. And apparently he went back and watched the original series and found this con character and said, right. "Huh, let's make something out of this." And so they absolutely, machine, you're absolutely right. The reason that series continued was because of how well that film did. But yeah. And it's funny, I was having this conversation with somebody, I can't remember if it was Mel or somebody else, but um when you watch Space Eight now, like the original episode, 
there's so much more weight to that episode just because of the film. Right. Like if you watch it and you don't, if you haven't seen the film or before it came out, it it was just oh that's a nice episode, but it wasn't the strongest Star Trek episode by any means. No. I mean it's got a lot of failings in in the script, but because of the film being so good and holding up so you know being so strong, that spacey because you know where it's going to go. Right. It just has this this gravitas to it, and you just you know that okay he's going to come back and really screw with everybody. Yeah. And he's really dodging a bullet in this episode. And oh my God, if he only knew, maybe he wouldn't have saved Khan. Maybe he wouldn't right. have let him live. Right. Maybe he would have put him back in stasis or something. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it gives the episode even more weight. Yeah. Well, and I will uh, will say that, you know, I mentioned in earlier episodes of, of the podcast. Um, Robert and Daryl got together and gave me six episodes of Star Trek to watch, one from each era, and that was the episode they gave me from the original series because they, number one, knew that I liked origin stories of characters, mm-hmm. and number two, they knew that I liked the Wrath of Khan movie, which I do. I think it's a, I think it's a very good movie. Um, so for that reason, there was elements of it that I liked, and I, I especially liked the end of it because, like you said, Shannon, they're putting them on this planet and I'm like, well, I know that that's a bad move <laughs> at this point <laughs> because I've seen the wrath of Khan movie. Um, but you're right. Like if I had not known that, that episode probably wouldn't mean a whole lot, but it was, it was a very good and smart move on their part to go back to that episode, you know, find that episode and go, here's something we can work with and do something with. And, uh, the fact that they could get the actor to come back to play the part again, and be such a significant role. I'm sure it's because it was such a going to be, he was going to be playing such a big role in the movie that he was like, yeah, I'll do it. So yeah, it was, it's a good movie. It's, I mean, I've seen most of the Star Trek movies. It's by far my favorite one of them. So, you know what else is interesting about it? I can't think of anywhere else, any other situation that pulls something off like that over that long of a span. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause I mean, I hate to say it. I didn't see the Tron sequel, but I'm assuming that David Warner's not in it. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I can't think of any other film where you have a recognizable actor in a role coming back to play it 30 years later. Yeah, I agree. And making it that that impactful or whatever, however they're going to say it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we I think we exhausted uh, Star Trek, but uh, John, if there's anything else you wanted to say about the Wrath of Khan before we... I think we covered it all. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, Shannon, I agree with you. I think uh, it's one of those, it's one of those few movies where uh, it's so it follows up on a story so much later when than that story took place, and it's kind of a neat thing that that it did that. But it still resonated with people. Like people still knew who this character was, or at least found out who this character was. So, all right, my number one actually might it's. I think this is the first time that no one can predict what my number one was. In 1980, it was Empire Strikes Back, and 81 was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those are my two favorite franchises. So my number one is actually First Blood. Uh, First Blood with uh, Sylvester Stallone. So my number, so my number two is a is a Sylvester Stallone movie. My number one is a Sylvester Stallone movie. And this is yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put Oscar in there and. <laughs> But no, it's uh, it, this is it was just known as First Blood when it came out. It was not known as Rambo First Blood. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a 
good film, not just a typical 80s action movie. I think there was actually, like, depth of character in this. I think there was actually good acting in it. Um, you can disagree with me all you want, but... <laughs> no, I was just... I, I, who are they to judge me unless they offend me or offend Yeah. <laughs> I love that whole scene, though. Spitting on me and calling me baby killers and all kind of vile crap. <laughs> I actually love that scene. I think it's one of the few times I actually saw Sylvester Stallone act well. <laughs> like, actually pull an emotion out. Like, shine, sir. Shine. <laughs> Look at him out there. If you don't end this now, they're gonna kill you. Is that what you want? It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! It wasn't my war! You asked me, I didn't ask you! And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win! Then I come back to the world, and I see all those maggots at the airport, Protesting me, spitting, calling me baby killer and all kinds of vile crap. Who are they to protest me, huh? Who are they? Unless they've been me and been there and know what the hell they're yelling about. It was a bad time for everyone, Rambo. It's all in the past now. For you! For me, civilian life is nothing. In the field, we had a code of honor. You watch my back, I watch yours. Back here, there's nothing. You're the last of an elite group. Don't end it like this. Back there, I can fly a gunship. I can drive a tank. I was in charge of million dollar equipment. Back here, I can't even hold a job. Fucking guys! The whole hunting him down in the woods is just, in, it's incredible. Like, I, I love the whole guerrilla tactics that were done. I just love the whole reason why this happens. is because the cop was being a jackass to him. Um, I, I thought that was neat. Like, he takes him out of the town, just has him pass right through. And uh, he decides, no, I'm going to turn around and go back in town. I mean, there's nothing illegal that he's doing. Um, he's just, well, until later on. Then he's killing everybody. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, First Blood, for me, it was it's a movie I still love to this day. I will watch it if it's on TV. Um, I have the DVD. I, I've popped in to watch it many times. Um, I, I just think it's a, I, like I said, I think it's a great movie I think is a great film besides just being a good action movie um Rambo part two <laughs> I still love that but it's it in all honesty I don't think that one comes anywhere close to comparing to what first blood was like for me so yeah, but how awkward is it watching <laughs> is Rambo two the one where it goes to Afghanistan no that's Rambo three yeah okay. that's three so how awkward is that <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like oh we've got to go help these uh these poor Taliban fighters <laughs> 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 if I recall, then when Rambo Three was made, wasn't it one of the, if not the most expensive movie made then? Yeah, it was like a three or two or hundred million dollar movie, hundred and a quarter or something like that, yeah. and certainly not nearly as good as the first two. So, no. and it was essentially made, believe it or not, it was essentially made to sell toys because they came out the Rambo action figures, and uh, I, I think it was around. Cartoon, didn't they? Yeah, they did a cartoon. I think I think it was around the time of Rambo Three that they did all that too. <laughs> Interesting though that Ram so those movies, if you've seen, just what is it? I think the last one was just called Rambo. Yes. Right or John Rambo. Yeah. That thing that has got to be the most violent body count movie anyway that I have ever seen. And I looked it up one time. I googled like movies with most on screen deaths, and I think it was number two or three. Wow. 
that movie is brutal. I mean, it, it is graphic, you know, in terms of it, yeah. it's not all off screen. It is on screen decimation, you know, because it is rough. I was stunned when I saw it. Yeah. I was really, really surprised because the other ones are so tame. Yeah. And I heard, Ryan, so. and I heard Ryan, it's not that bad. So, right. Yeah. On the so you've got the DVD of First Blood. Yeah. Do they talk about the origins of the film at all? Um, I believe so. It's been a while since I've watched like the commentary or the you know the making of and stuff like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure they go into into why you know what the story behind it was and everything. Because I, I was just curious, did you ever see the movie Band Day of Black Rock? No. With Spencer Tracy? No. Because it's always funny to me because. In, Grant, uh, First Blood has always reminded me of that film. Okay. Because it's basically about, I think he's he's either Korean or World War II. But anyway, Spencer Tracy goes to this small Arizona town or like middle of nowhere town in the desert. And everybody's trying to run him out of town. And he's there to deliver a medal to one of his service buddies. Okay. And he ends up having to like fight off the town. Okay. So in, in like a basic version of it, it's, I mean, to me, it seems like there's a lot of similarities, like a yeah. lot of crossover of, I can see where they were inspired to do this film. Right. Based on, you know, and especially because Sylvester Stallone would have been the right age. Sure. That film came out. Sure. So it, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know if there, there's any kind of... Yeah. Well, it, it was a book, if I remember correctly, First Blood was a book that came out in the 70s. Was and it? it kicked around, for, yeah, it kicked around for a long time. Yeah. Um if, I'm trying to remember what I think uh, I can't remember. There, there's there's a, a podcast that I listen to uh, with um, oh, it's Jay Moore's manager. I can't think of his. Uh, he's a producer and movie guy. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but I want to say he had Mario Cazar who did work for Carol Co. Like they did the mm -hmm. original Terminator movie, and I mm -hmm. want to say he talked about because I think he had a, a stake in that movie, but that thing kicked around for ages before they finally got it made. Oh, wow. So, well, and but I, maybe there might be some tie into that movie or maybe the, the look of it, but I, I think it was, a uh, it came out in the, in the seventies, uh, the, the book did. So, gotcha. Cause it's funny. Cause even, even in the bad day of black rock, like, um, Spencer Tracy's character knows karate. Okay. So it's like this whole, like there's even that kind of like green beret tie in that, well, that will be my uh, that'll be my homework assignment is to see that movie and compare it to uh, First Blood. Then. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I'd be yeah. interested to see if you, yeah. if you see the same kind of like yeah similarities. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like a movie I'd like to see. So, um, it's a good film. It's one of my favorite films. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And I mean, the other thing, uh, you know, like I said, I thought Sylvester Stallone did a good job of acting it, but. Patrick Dennehy did an amazing job of being the, the prick sheriff. Oh, God, yeah. So, you know, it's funny though, is, is, uh, Sylvester Stallone's like for the first Rocky film. Yeah. And the first, the first blood film, he really does. Yeah. Like you said, he shows that he isn't just one noble. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was the film where he was like a sheriff? I never got to see it. But Copland. Oh yeah. yeah. Copland. That was a really good movie. I thought it was so. Um, but he was actually, weren't they even talking about nominating him for an Oscar on that one? Yeah, because he doesn't play like his typical, you know, kick-ass character or anything like that. He he actually has a lot of human flaws to him and everything else. He's like not the brightest guy and everything. So, 
But yeah, I mean, well, and the thing that people don't realize, like everyone assumes that Sylvester Stallone's this big dumb oaf because he's like, uh, you know, he's big and muscular and does these action movies. But I mean, they forget that you know, didn't he write Rocky? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, and he did. And he fought really hard to get it made. Too. Yeah, so I mean, he he actually created you know this iconic character. Um, and I mean, like I said, First Blood, I thought was a fantastic movie. I thought it was, uh, you know, well acted and everything. It turned into these, this action series of films, but, um, yeah, so did Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, so that was my number one. Um, I have a whole list of honorable mentions. Uh, so if you guys want to mention any of your honorable mentions first, before I go into John saying what mine were, I have three. Okay. Honorable mentions. Uh, the first one is Night Shift. Okay. Nice. Uh, with uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton running a running a bordello out of a and Shelley uh, Long and Shelley Long running running a you know running prostitutes out of a, a morgue. It's a great. It's one of Ron Howard's earliest uh, directorial yeah. yeah pieces. It's great. Um, Tootsie. Um, nice. Almost on the list. It, it, you know, it's one of those that I haven't watched in years. Uh, but of course, you know, it was, I think for the time, it certainly was a, was quite a, quite a coup. And the last one is, is one of those uh, 10 years ago, it would have been on my top five is Firefox. Okay. Um, as a kid, I, I just, I loved this movie. You know, it's, it's Clint Eastwood. He actually directed it. You know, he, he's an American soldier who had, was born of Russian, I think Russian parents or Russian grandparents He's the only guy that can go steal this MiG because you have to be able to think in Russian right. to fly it. And I'll never forget, he, he fires those backwards missiles. He launches them because he can think <laughs> in Russian. I thought that was the coolest thing when I was a kid. Nice. Uh, Who's the bad you know, guy? Wasn't it Malcolm McDowell or something? I Malcolm think McDowell? it's been a long time since I've seen it. It just I know when I was looking at the list, I'm like, oh, Firefox. Yeah, that, that movie... You know, and of course, it, there's a lot of American jingoism for 1982 in it too. You know, and the you still had the Iron Curtain, and uh, right. you know the the Russian scientists that think the communists are bad help him. And anyway, but yeah, so those those three. I mean, there's there's some really really you know, some great stuff there in '82. So nice. How about you, Shannon, you have any honorable mentions? Well, they were all all to fit into my list, uh, but it was um, Swamp Thing because of the sword death. Sure. Adrian Barbeau. Oh, and Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> uh, more boobies. Right. Um, the Dark Crystal, because it was the sword scene in that where they cut the crystal. Yep. Um, First Blood, because he has a knife, which everyone had to own after that movie yes. came out. You had to have the knife with the compass, and you had to have yep. the knife with the, you know. My dad, had, my dad has that, and I told him, I was like, I want that knife. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figured it was, a, it was a mini sword, so it, it yeah. fit on the list. Yeah. And then uh, Blade Runner, just yeah. because I had Blade in Blade it. Blade in it, gotcha. Um, so, like I said, I have quite a few, uh, and feel free to talk Go about any of them. But two of them that almost, like, made my list, they were so, like, it was just tooth and nail fighting at the end. I could not decide between them, and Tron finally won out for my number five spot. But uh, The Thing. Nice. Uh, Kurt Russell. Uh Absolutely awesome movie. I still love watching it. I love the whole psychological thing of them not knowing who's infected and who's got it and stuff like that. Um, I think the special effects actually 
still hold up fairly decently. I mean, it's it's dated, but uh, they're done well. It's it is a remake too. People don't realize that it's it's a remake of a black and white movie, uh, which the original black and white movie is a great movie too. So, um, the other one that almost made my list was *The Secret of Nim*. Uh, Don Bluth, absolutely gorgeous art, great film. Again, much like *The Dark Crystal*, a darker take on an animated style of movie. Um, it was not necessarily one that every kid would watch and enjoy. Uh, or not have nightmares from, but uh, Secret of Nim is it almost made my it almost made my list because if it wasn't for Secret of Nim, I don't know if I would be as interested in stories like Mice Templar or Mouse Guard and things like that. Like it set me on that path of being interested in that style of storytelling and create in creating worlds like that. So, um, so I love that movie. Um, let's see. The other movie that was my coming of age movie would be Pork would be Porky's. <laughs> uh, that you want to talk about a number of boobies in that movie. <laughs> yes, um, just yeah, yeah. I definitely watched that when the parents weren't aware that I was watching it. So some movies that I watched in sharp contrast to that. <laughs> Annie. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Annie. <laughs> With uh, Daddy Warbucks and all that, you know, I, I grew up watching, seeing that. I saw it in the movie theater um, when I was a kid. Let's see, a few other ones. Airplane 2, the sequel. I mentioned in 1980 how much I loved the first Airplane movie. Uh, I love Airplane 2, the sequel. You got William Shatner, who plays a perfect role in that movie. Um, you have the whole, you know... Everything I said as far as quotes that I accidentally put into Airplane 1, I found out were part of Airplane 2. So I just, I love both Airplane movies. So it made my honorable mention list this time. It didn't make the top five. Uh, the Toy with, uh, with Rich, Master Bates. Richard Pryor and Master Bates, yes. Uh, Richard Pryor I love. I love his, comp, his movies, especially from this era and this time period. For those that don't know, it's basically a rich kid shows up at a toy store. He's told he could get whatever he wants, I believe, for his birthday. And Richard Pryor happens to be there goofing around, and he says, I want him. And you want to talk about offending or doing a movie that you could not do today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would definitely be one of them. See, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Oh, see, I was surprised nobody had that on their list. Yeah, I was too. Um, is that my honorable mention? Then a couple ones that you guys are going to probably laugh that are on my honorable mention list, but one is Grease 2. Oh, so <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and, I that poster. And I actually like it better than the first Grease movie. Oh, now that I will not hate you. I said, the devil you say, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. It was just something about it that I really liked. It just, it resonated with me more. It was cool <laughs> And yes, Michelle Pfeiffer was hot. So, um, especially when she straddles the ladder. Yes. <laughs> Not that I've seen it. Right. I saw that movie more times than I care to admit. Um, Just you mean? <laughs> the The Last Unicorn was that? Uh, oh yeah, Rankin and Bass. And Rankin and Bass. It was done in the style of the Hobbit cartoon. I mentioned this in an earlier uh, podcast. Um, it's a, if you liked the, the Hobbit animated movie, you would like the last unicorn. You know, it's funny is cause that's a dark film too. And the, and the, one of the other major animated films that came out that year was Plague Dogs. Okay. 
So it was like, it's weird that there was this heavy kind of dark, dark time. Yeah. For animation. Yeah. I wonder if that was more of like a subconscious reflection of the industry because it wasn't doing well at that time. Yeah. I don't know. The That's, animation wasn't. Yeah. It, but you're right. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even piece that together. How many dark movies that were typically for kids. Where did Black Cauldron come out? Uh, I don't know, but we're probably getting close to it. I want to say the mid '80s, but that's definitely a favorite of mine too. I love, I love the Black Cauldron, and that was unusual because that was a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was like one of the first. I think uh, Tim Burton was an assistant director on it. Yeah, yeah. '85 that came out in '85. Okay, yeah, that one might make my top five list for that. I'm not sure. I have to see what else comes out that year, but, um, but yeah, I love the Black Cauldron. But yeah, I didn't even piece together all these dark movies. But like I said, The Last Unicorn, when I was, exp- I don't know who I was explaining it to, if it was to Robert or, or to Chuck or something like that, but they were like, really? And I'm like, I'm explaining, I'm like, look, I know it's a unicorn. I get it. It's a girly thing. Yeah, but don't get fooled by the title. Though. Yeah, do, yeah, do right. not be fooled by the title at all. It is, it's a dark movie. This whole, um, the whole skeleton wanting the wine is mm-hmm. a very creepy, weird scene to me. So, um. And then the last honorable mention I wanted to uh, say, and I know this is nowhere near Robert's list, but I love this movie, uh, is Creepshow. Oh, yeah, good one. Love Another great comic book. Yes, yes. And it's like this kid, get, his dad gets mad because he's got these comic books and, and everything else telling him they're a bunch of garbage, and he throws them in the garbage, and uh, the wind blows the comic pages, and we get five different stories. And they're all creepy. They're all awesome. Um, Adrian Barbeau's in that one, too. Yeah, yep. It's shot in the head. Yep. And then it, it ends... It, it, here's a, yeah, and here's a spoiler, too. It ends... It culminates at the end where uh, garbage men come to pick up the trash. And, they, and they're like, hey, creep show. And, he, and he's like, oh, someone cut out the, the, an ad here. And here it was for a, vood, a voodoo doll. And here it's the boy who, whose dad threw the, the comic out... And he actually had the voodoo doll come in the mail, and he starts stabbing it, and the father starts feeling the pain in his neck, and and it ends with that. So, yeah, just if you like if you like tales from the crypt and and all that type of stuff, this is definitely a movie you need to see if you've not seen it. My personal favorite story was the the yeti creature in the box. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the Adrian Barbeau story, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And the, the the bitchy wife who's yeah. and he's trying to get her to get the creature to eat her and everything else. So, um, yeah, yeah. love cockroach. my cockroach thing. Yeah. The, yeah, the cockroach one is good too. Yeah, love it would that. Creep me out, but I. Uh. Yeah, the one that creep the one that creeped me out, out out of all of them was the one where they get uh, buried to their neck. And drown, and then they come back as like, yes, and they come yeah. back as like the zombies, and they're all like waterlogged and everything else. <laughs> Did you ever see the the, uh, the outtakes from that? No. Yeah, but there's outtakes where they're like walking on the beach, and they're like, "We're coming for you, Ted," or whatever the guy yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "You just said that." It's <laughs> <That's> really funny. <laughs> I'll have to look up that. I'm sure I can find that on YouTube or something. So, but yeah, so those are all my honorable mentions. Um, I wanted to read what some of the listeners sent in as far as theirs. We have quite a few of them. So our buddy Eric Grubb, uh, he sent in his 1981 and 1982 list. Uh, For 81, he had Stripes as his number five. Great Muppet Caper as number four. History of the World Part One is his number three. 
Uh, the Road Warrior is uh, number two, and uh, which that came out in 82, so I don't know why he has it as 81. But, um, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark was 81. Uh, for his 82, he has Fast Times at Ridgemont High as his number five. Pink Floyd the Wall is his number four. Um, Blade Runners is number three. Conan the Barbarian is number two. And Tron is his number one, which I know he's a huge fan of Tron. As that is earlier. no surprise. No, no surprise whatsoever. <laughs> uh, then we got an email from Brent Richards. Uh, so he actually has a bit of an email, and then he gives his top five. So he says, hey, greatest G.I. Joe artist ever, and Ryan. So he must be talking about you, Shannon. Yeah, I'm the only one here. Right, exactly. Um, he says, just kidding, Ryan. Huge. He said, oh, I'm sorry, he says, huge fan of Robert's work. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually a combination of the two of you. I am Ryan's age, but I have similar background to Robert and don't like horror flicks. He, he's a combination of the two of you? You're right. I don't know how that happened, but it's a sick, wow. sick thing. Sick. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like when they do those celebrity smash-ups. You know, right. where they smash up your faces, and that's what he's going to look like. That'll, that'll be disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he says, I relate to both of you in different ways. He goes, love the show as always. Uh, he says, well, almost always, and he put LOL. <laughs> he says, and I couldn't help but jump in on the top five movie stuff. Hopefully, I'll be able to chime in on all of the years coming up. Most will be tougher than this one. So he says his number five was E.T. He loved it as a kid. Uh, his number four was Airplane 2. Absolutely hilarious and a rare sequel that is as good as the first movie. I will agree with that. Um, number three, Wrath of Khan. Sorry, sci-fi guys, but at least it made my list. <laughs> didn't, didn't even make my list. So. <laughs> his number two was Rocky 3. He says, what can I say? Stallone, Mr. T, and Hulk Hogan. Pure 80s awesomeness. And his number one was the same as mine, which is First Blood. He says, this one isn't even close. Still and always will be one of my favorite movies, characters, and movie series. Great acting, great action, great story, and awesome knives. I even just put up my Rambo custom on Joe Customs. Uh, my name is Joe Fan on, on Joe Customs. He says, like Robert, I wasn't always... Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch this kind of movie back in the day, but I do remember sneaking in my brother... Uh, with my brother and watching it on our tiny black and white in our room when it came on TV years later. Those honorable mentions would be Tron, Firefox, Dark Crystal, Annie, and Conan the Barbarian. Sincerest apologies, Blade Runner. It's like that one Joe you never had as a kid, therefore you never got attached to it. Uh, he said, thanks guys and keep up the good work. Brent Richards, a.k.a. Brent from Texas. P.S. Any chance of getting a commission in the next decade or so from Robert? Well, considering he couldn't even stay for a full show, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so also got an email from our buddy Sam. He says, hey, guys, Sam here, a.k.a. Straight Edge He-Man. I love these top five movie episodes. Here's my list so far. So I'm going to read these pretty quick. Uh, his 1980, number five is The Shining. Number four is Friday the 13th. His number three is Superman 2. His number two is Caddyshack, and his number one is Empire Strikes Back. And he had an honorable mention of Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> Which Cheech and Chong is that? Is that Nice Dreams? Uh, it, might, is that? it might be, but you're going to notice a theme with his. <laughs> so in 1981, okay. he says, My Birth Year. Uh, and his number five is Friday, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. Friday, Friday the 13th Part 2, Escape from New York. is His number four, his number three is Evil Dead. His number two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
And his number one is Clash of the Titans. And his honorable mention is Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then his 1982 list is uh, number five is Halloween 3. His number four is Grease 2. Oh, man, after your own heart. <laughs> Um, his number three is Rocky three. His number two is the thing. And his number one is Conan the Barbarian. He says, wait, Pop. wait, don't tell me. <laughs> I already told you. <laughs> no, I'm waiting to hear what his, his honorable mention is. Oh, his honorable mention is not. Cheech and, all of you. <laughs> his, his Cheech and Chong is not his honorable mention, oh. but he did say Conan the Barbarian is possibly his number one of all time, um, really? of all movies. So. He he likes the big beefy guys. He's really big into He Man and everything. Um, so, but his honorable mention is the Toy and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't think there was a Cheech and Chong movie out that year. So, doesn't matter. No, <laughs> should just put Cheech and Chong anyway. <laughs> so then we got an email from uh, let's see from Adam, I believe this is. Uh, yeah, and he says, uh, "Greeting, Star Joe's gang. This is Christopher Walken's friend Adam dropping you a line." Uh, I heard Ryan put the call out for fans to chime in with their top five movies of 1980. Well, this type of thing is right up, right in my wheelhouse. So here's my two cents on the topic. My personal favorite handful of films for each year of the 1980s. And what I did is I only copied his ones up to 1982. Uh, and I have his other ones for future episodes. So as anyone else that sent in their, their ones for future episodes as well. I have those saved on the side. But he said uh, for 1980, he has number five is Private Benjamin. He said it's, it's poignant. Uh, his number four is Herbie Goes Bananas. Wow. <laughs> he says it's, it's jazz meets R2 meets uh, Kit. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> his number three is Smoking the Bandit 2. He put, Char- he put Charlotte and Better Than the First. It's got to think relevance. Right. Says so number two is The Shining uh, because it's Kubrick's masterpiece. Side note: the 2012 documentary Room 237 should be required companion piece viewing for all who watch it. Uh, and then number one is Empire Strikes Back because duh. <laughs> His number uh, five for 1981 is uh, Legend of the Lone Ranger. He says silly. He said silly childhood fun. So he at least recognizes it's silly. Uh, number four is Mommy Dearest because no metal coat, <laughs> no metal coat hangers. I think it's just no metal hanger. Wow. Isn't, it? isn't that the line? Okay. Um, I do remember watching Mommy Dearest. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then number three was uh, Cannonball Run because Lan- Lambor friggin' Gini. Uh, <laughs> number two is The Postman Always Rings Twice. Uh, he says, oh, got Arnie on us. Yeah, he got. He said betrayal and adultery, and then his number one for 1981 is for your eyes only because James because. Um, it's a cool car. Yeah, it's always a cool car. Yeah, and then was, uh, that the, was that the Lotus that goes underwater? No, that was a spy. Yeah. I love me. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking, but I had to stick with it. But thanks for pointing <laughs> out. That was why I tried to cover with. It's always a cool car. I had right. that corgi. I had a corgi of that white. No, so did I. Yeah, the little match. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Yeah. Then somebody stole it from a toy booth. I had at a toy outlet. Man. Mm. Nice. And then his 1982 list is number five is Annie because Punjab on the helicopter. <laughs> 
Because uh, number four is Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, original, gritty, and raw. Uh, his number three is E.T. It's sentimental and seminal. Uh, so, okay. Uh, his number two is The Secret of Nim, some heavy-ish for a cartoon. His number one is Pink Floyd's The Wall, mind-blowing and jaw-dropping. And then we have one more email of their top fives. Uh, yo, Star Joes, I love the last episode. All of your episodes are, are after all. Uh, who needs what's on Joe Mind? That's what's in the email. Oh, that's wow. Not, that's not how I, I shot. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not how I feel, but that's what he wrote. So uh, I love the what's on Joe Mind guys. They're awesome. He goes, I missed the G.I. Joe episode reviews. Don't worry, those are going to be coming. And he goes, and Chuck, we'll have him back again. Um, he said, the top five movie episode was awesome. I want to get on the ground floor of 1981. So here goes. Uh, he says, number five is Excalibur. His number four is The Legend of the Lone Ranger. His number three is The Great Muppet Caper. His number two is Arthur, which I don't think anyone's had that on their list. No, it's a good film. Bro. It is a good film, yeah. Uh, his number one is Raiders of the Motherfucking Lost Ark. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, it was a much bigger Chinese version. Right. <laughs> is that where they got Senor Spielbergo to direct it? The, the Mexican equivalent? Oh, after party. <laughs> so, his honorable mentions were Dragon Slayer, uh, Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh, yeah, good one. He says, again, don't fucking judge me. It's <laughs> oh, a funny movie. I know, it's a comedy. Uh, he's, and then he said, Time Bandits, Clash of the Titans. He goes, anyway, keep up the great work. And that was Scott Kruger. And then Scott sent another email for 1982. He put 1982, tough year, a ton of good stuff in there. He says, uh, number five, E.T., because of the feels. Uh, his number four was The Dark Crystal, Creepy Puppet Fun. You don't get twisted kid movies like this anymore. I agree. Yeah, we need more of them. Um, although it's not, um, well, the box trolls I heard was kind of creepy. Oh, it was good. Was it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. It wasn't really creepy. It was, it just, it was kind of like Paranorman where it had a really kind of dark design to it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, number three was Poltergeist, just amazing. His number two was Tron, need I say more? Uh, and his number one was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Say something bad about it, I fucking dare you. <laughs> I said I liked it, it didn't make my top five, but, uh, but I like it. Uh, honorable mentions is Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yeah, nice. He's like, don't judge me. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that didn't make your list. You had two Sylvester Stallones. Why didn't you have that one? <laughs> I wasn't going for a theme, so. <laughs> oh, see, you should always go with a theme. <laughs> Another honorable mention is uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, Weird and Wonderful, Fast Times, Richmond High, Phoebe Cates, Drool. Mm. Uh, First Blood, Firefox, he goes, I remember the jet being better than the movie. <laughs> so that was Scott Kruger as well. So that, that's our uh, emails from our listeners. Again, if anyone wants to send in emails, you can send in the whole decade, uh, and I'll hold on to them until we come to that year and read yours off. Um, or you can send them individually as we do them. Uh, you can call and leave a voicemail if you want and tell us your top five that way if you want. So the next one will be 1983. No surprise what my number one will be, but who knows what the rest of them will be. Um, but uh, 
Shannon and John, you, when we go to do that, I will certainly let you guys know. So if you want to join in on the fun, uh, evidently I'm going to need a co-host for them. So. <laughs> can I, since I wasn't on the other shows, can yeah. I toss out some? Yeah, absolutely. Since you're doing the roundup. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about these because I, I sure. to be honest, I haven't heard the episodes yet. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, for 1980, I don't know if anybody mentioned these before, but I like giving shout-outs for films I think people should see. The Big Brawl with Jackie Chan from okay. 1980 okay. uh, was like the first Jackie Chan film I ever saw, and it blew me away. It was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen since Bruce Lee. Okay. Um, number two is Fatso with Don DeLuise. I have seen that. Nick mentioned Fatso, didn't he? Oh my God! It is well, so Man Z, I think he mentioned Fatso in his top five list for, for that. Maybe for on me. the yeah, maybe on the forums or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite films. Um, it, it's just funny. It's still funny. It holds up. I, I bought yeah. the DVD when it came out, and it still holds up. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna get wrapped in the mouth for this. Hero at Large. <laughs> no, I love that movie too. With John Ritter. Yeah. I don't I, think, I think I've I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, he plays this guy. Great. He's hired to wear a costume for this movie premiere about this superhero, and then he actually goes and stops a crime. Oh, I have and seen then this. Yeah. The studio finds out about it, and they basically start setting up crimes for him to, you know, prevent yeah. Yeah. just to advertise the film. And then it gets out that it's the other ones have been staged, and of course, it ends with him having to save somebody. You know, right. Spoiler, spoiler. right. But it's actually a really good film. Yeah. Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah. Someone mentioned it. It's, I still love that film. I can watch it. It came out in the 80s? Yeah. 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 Wow. We I didn't, didn't see it until like 86 or 87. Yeah. We did not mention it, but that is a good movie. So I love that film. Um, yeah. So that's that's the 80s. Uh, for 81, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody mentioned Gregory's Girl. No. It was, um, um, I think it's an Irish film. I could be wrong. It could be Scottish. It's been a long time since I saw it, but I remember seeing it and just loving it. But it's basically like, you know, this guy trying to get a girl and, you know, he's in love with one girl and then he ends up falling in love with the girl that just kind of helps him out all the time that keeps talking him up. Gotcha. Um, it's a really cute film. Okay. Um, I'm sure somebody mentioned Heavy Metal if it hasn't been mentioned. No, it was not mentioned. No, that was <laughs> animated movies. Yes. <laughs> um, but that was one of those films that I loved because every little segment was different. Right. And I loved just the art of it and... You went from comical stuff to like really sh- hardcore sci-fi stuff, and yeah. just kind of bounced around. I love that film. Yep. And then of course, Journey's in the soundtrack, so that you know, personal tie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Last Chase with Lee Majors and Burgess Meredith. Oh wow! I don't know if anybody's ever seen that, but it's one of my guilty pleasures. Just <laughs> seeing Lee Majors trying to drive a car across country <laughs> while an old Burgess Meredith is trying to shoot him from the sky. Yeah. Um. That's a great one. I don't know if anybody mentioned Outland. No. With Sean Connery. No. And uh, uh, who was it? Peter. He was in Young Frankenstein. Oh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Yeah, Peter Boyle. Um, which I, I just think it's a remake, though. It's like a, a space version of what is it? Um, High Noon or something. Okay. But it's a, it's a remake of a western, but it's done in space. Okay. Uh, but that, that's just those are the ones that I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I just thought I'd keep them out there and see yeah. if anybody's interested in seeing them. Very nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's cool because yeah, no, we did not mention any of those. There was there was a lot of movies mentioned, but none of none of those. Um, 
And as I mentioned, we've mentioned many times on, on the show, like, as I got older, I was watching more and more movies <laughs> and seeing a lot more of them in the theater. So as we get farther into the decade, it's going to be that much harder for me to come up with only five. And so my honorable mention lists are probably going to be ridiculously long. So, yeah. But it's still fun to talk about those movies, too. So um, well, that's, that's partly why I picked the sword theme. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody ends up with the same films on their list. Yeah, you know? a lot and of times, yeah. I think it's more interesting to find out about films that you haven't seen. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, that's what I a lot of times save my honorable mentions for. That's why the when we did 1981, I, I mentioned Under the Rainbow, because I watched it, I don't know how yeah, many times. Yeah, I don't know how many times as a kid I watched it. And I was really surprised how many other people had seen it, because Robert had never heard of it, and I think there's a lot of other people out there who never heard of it. And it's not like it's got chump actors and it. it's got chevy chase and carrie fisher in it um and billy Barty. yes billy Barty. yeah a great billy Barty. yeah like i said i did watch it after we recorded that this is one fun thing about doing this these episodes is i then go and watch some of these movies that were in my top five that or in someone else's top five or in my honorable mention or something like that that i haven't seen in a long time um, I still want to re-watch uh, escape from new york because robert mentioned that in his 1981 list and it's been a long time since i've seen it so i I do want to watch that movie again and i'm definitely going to follow your recommendation for the the black rock movie so um, and i would i I know it was a joke but the challenge yeah it's not available on dvd or i haven't seen it on dvd anywhere it is actually a really good movie okay i could probably find it somewhere some of these movies not to not not to say anything but some of these movies i've been able to find online at places <laughs> and I've looked for it. I found like yeah. a, a like a Russian dumb version. Gotcha. So it was like you couldn't hear it. You know, yeah. it was just like. Yeah. yeah. Let's just say I've had to go into many many pages of Google to find certain movies that I wanted to watch again. <laughs> if you track that one down, let me know. Yeah, we'll definitely. I'll send you a link if I find a decent copy of it. So awesome. So uh, I guess uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to say before we call it a call it a show? No, just thanks for letting me tag along. Yeah, I was happy you were able to make it. I told John, I was like, I wanted to email you, and I just didn't get around to doing it, so I was glad he was able to reach out to you to, to have you join. And like I said, when we do the next one, uh, I'll definitely reach out to you again to see if you can make it. So I'll be funnier than I'll be drunk. Lent <laughs> will be over. <laughs> nice. Hopefully we have not offended every uh, nationality, and I apologize to any Creed fans out there. But uh, it was, uh, you should don't. Okay. Take, take, yeah, take everything we say with a grain of salt, and and, right. and realize we're not personally, yeah, and realize we're not personally attacking anyone. I mean, we personally attack each other, and and we might personally attack you as a person, but we're not trying to attack it. <laughs> but don't take it personally. Yeah, right. But we expect you to tell us that we suck too, so it's okay. All right, well, let me go ahead and give our information. Well, first, Shannon, where can people find find your work and, and everything? Uh, just slgallon.com still goes to my blog. Um, otherwise, just look for me in G.I. Joe. I'm internally uh, in servitude to Larry Hammond. <laughs> I don't know if I don't, I'm, I'm don't know how to interpret that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, and John, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at that John Thurman. Very nice, very nice. And let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at StarJoes.com. 
you can find us at uh, on Facebook. It's Star Joe's. Look up Star Joe's and like us. You can find us on the GeekCast Radio Network. You can find us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your movie lists for the rest of the 1980s, and you can give us, if you haven't given us your earlier years, you can send those as well. Please leave us an iTunes review. You can find Star Joe's on iTunes. It's for free, and please leave us a review. It gives us better exposure uh, for more people to come and listen to us, so we would really appreciate that. Call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. And you can actually leave a voicemail saying what your top five lists are. Um, or you can call and leave us a message about anything. We'll play it on the air and uh, we'll respond to it. With that, uh, John, I'm going to rely on you for our close again, uh, if you would be so kind. And I'll say the force will be with you. Because of knowing us is half of the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Anyway, <laughs> Luke, we got company. <laughs> the best line in Tremors is where they they run that worm right into the wall. Yes, and, kept, and they go, "Stunned it." I think we killed it. Well, <laughs> f you. And I love that movie. God, I love that movie. I do like Tremors. I like I don't the dub. I like the dubbed version better because they always scream, "Take that, you gold darn!" Whatever it is. <laughs> It's like Smoking the Bandit. I love watching the, the dubbed version because it's the same guy that did Fred Flintstone. Nice. So it always sounds like Fred Flintstone trying to swear, but he can't, you know. <laughs> we haven't invented those words yet. That kind of thing. Did, did, didn't they just recently put out another Tremors movie with uh, Michael Gross in it? I swear I, yes. I saw that. Like, yes. what direct-to-video kind it went, of thing. It was a direct-to-video, yeah. But was it like the one where it was said it was a Tremors 5 or something? I don't know. Is that, did they do that? Well, they did a marathon recently, and the one I hadn't seen was it was actually set in the 1800s. Oh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it's like an old wet, like the actual when they set out of town. And they have so Doc Brown, Doc Brown brought the trimmers back and brought the worms back to the... Pretty much. <laughs> okay, cool. Robert is not answering, so let me see. I'm looking up, tre- I'm looking up tremors right now. He's 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 starting his watching of uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> he's downloading Megaforce. Right. <laughs> Stop downloading movies. So China. yeah, so we have uh, there was Tremors. There was actually a Trem. Oh, that's Tremor. I was like, there was actually a Tremors movie in 1961. No, uh, no. So we had uh, Tremors uh, in 1990. Yeah. Uh, Tremors two aftershock in 1996 um and then uh there was a tremors 5 tremors 5 bloodline is what it was called so does it say what that was about uh let me see i'm gonna click on it all right uh full summary here Boy, the people going to tune in to listen in 1982 are going to get quite shocked when there's a whole uh oh this will be edited out <laughs> all that come on oh this will go in the uh this will go in the bloopers in the extra bullshit sessions <laughs> right yeah okay so it's uh, a tiny nevada town is terrorized by a giant man-eating worm known as grab <laughs> known as graboids uh the graboids eventually morphed into even more deadly creatures that's in most of them 
Uh, a battle is mounted against the deadly creatures that turns out to be far more than the than they bargained for. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like we don't have any synopsis for this title. Is what it's telling here. So let me wow. let me see if I can find. Let's see. Okay, see, so Tremors Four was the one where they're in. It's set in the Wild West. Yeah, it's because um, it says the legend begins. Gotcha. Yeah. Michael Gross arrives in town of Projection Nevada to investigate a series of strange deaths at the silver mine he owns. Yeah, Tremors 5. That's the new one, Tremors 5, Bloodline. Yeah. So it hadn't out yet, I guess. Or if it. No, I'm, I was reading from Tremors 4. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm just saying that the new one is, yeah, Tremors Bloodline, and that's. Looks like it just came out if it did. Yeah, and that has. Oh, Mike, October. It's coming out in October. That's why. And that has, yeah, yeah, that has Michael Gross in it also. They need to get Reba. Uh, I love Reba. Sorry. Yeah, this is out of date, some of the information, so. I told you she came to my dad's funeral, right? No, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was So, let's Gil? see. Did we give up? Yeah. yeah Did still, we give up on Robert? I'm still trying to call him, but it's just failing. We might have to give up on him. But uh, Tremors 5 is a direct-to-video monster film. Uh, Let's see, the plot is taking place in South Africa. Michael Gross's character returns to once again battle Graboids and Ass Blasters. Uh, (laughs) Tagging along is the tech-savvy newcomer named Travis Welker, which is played by Jamie Kennedy. So Ah. (laughs) So he's not doing the Jamie Kennedy experiment anymore? No, I guess not. There's a reason for that. 